Did you say what kind of animal it was that attacked her? So you understand it's some type of animal attack. Statistically, there's been more animal attacks, mysterious deaths, people gone missing. In other news, local authorities remain perplexed by the animal attacks. What attacked her in the woods? An animal. What else could it have been? Welcome back to It Was an Animal Attack, your home of the supernatural drama series. I'm Fadzai. And I'm Sandile. And today we'll be continuing with part two of our deep dive into Tyler Lockwood, one of my favorite characters in the show, even though I know a lot of people don't find him that interesting. <laughs> and as the seasons progress, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> I will say a character I've been coming around on thanks to this discussion we've been having. There's a lot there early on. Just to preface, I am coming off a somewhat long night last night so if i sound a little bit groggy or if my voice cuts out in the middle of a sentence i'm saying <laughs> please forgive me i was gonna make some tea so i could you know soothe the vocal cords here i am with a nice coffee because all i am is a stereotype <laughs> so <laughs> but i'm here and i'm ready to go points of correction from last week's episode just minor stuff the first being, we were speaking about Tyler during his first werewolf transformation. It was me who, who fed the idea into our nebulous mind space that Tyler breaks out as a wolf and runs past. Uh, that is not the case because Caroline does then go back and you say it later um, in the conversation that she goes back and finds him in the cellar curled up and naked. So he did not leave the cellar. I must have been thinking of some other werewolf that was running through the woods, possibly Mason. When I was chewing, we were joking about how fast the werewolves move. <laughs> so small <laughs> that was not tyler fake news false allegations and i'm here to clear it up tyler's a good boy he didn't get out but yeah the second one unrelated to vampire diaries but we spoke about teen wolf during the last episode we were talking about scott mccall and his parentage as it turns out Neither of the actors playing Scott McCall's parents are Latina in real life. I had a feeling. So, <laughs> it's actually crazy. So, they codify Melissa McCall, formerly Melissa Delgado, as being Latina. That actor, Melissa Ponzio, is Italian. Ah. Uh. Not Hispanic, not Latina in any capacity. His father, the actor Matthew Del Negro, he is very clearly like a white man, an Italian white man, but he has apparently played other roles in other like shows and movies as a Latine person, like the characters that he was playing. So just the entire, <laughs> the whole space around this issue is just not a good time. And Jeff Davis, you've done a lot in your time, but that's wild. <laughs> That's crazy. Comparative to the, like, Tyler Lockwood of it all, I feel like you can get away. We we harp on it all the time, but, like, that's not really a huge deal if Tyler is effectively a white character because it's like, you know, who cares? There have been discussions that we should assume that a character is just the same ethnicity as their actor. But when you're presented with their parents as characters as well, then it's like, okay, well, if we're making this assumption, then we have to assume that somebody else is playing against their ethnicity so that it becomes a bit more complicated yeah not the discussion for today though but i just wanted to throw that out there and yeah that's all my corrections i wanted to add on something that i forgot to mention last week <laughs> as we neared the end of the third season just a, a little moment that i skipped over that i thought was worth mentioning is after vampiloric 
has outed Tyler and Caroline to the council. Carol Lockwood calls Tyler and she's like, Tyler, don't tell me where you are. You and Caroline need to get out of town. And Tyler goes to Caroline and he's like, yeah, we got to get out of here. And the rest of the Mystic Falls gang is dealing with other stuff. But like the two of them are like, okay, we're just, we're just going to go off. And Tyler's like, is there anything you need before we go? And Caroline's like, no, I just need you. And then she stops and she's like, okay, maybe a curling iron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caroline. Love it. They're actually preparing to leave town together when Vampaloric stakes Klaus's body and everyone believes that, oh snap, Klaus is dead now, which means we might die, but Tyler is definitely going to die. Caroline is heartbroken. She runs to Tyler to tell him what's happened and then he tells her to leave. He starts to, it seems like he starts to turn which I guess was a fake out on Klaus's part because by that point he's already possessing Tyler right. and just wanted Caroline to run just away. Just being dramatic as hell and just <laughs> lying. <laughs> to just lying. Caroline's heart. God, that man is nasty work sometimes. He oh is. But hey, at the start of season four, the bar is in hell, but he has a moment of decency, which uh-huh. by the standards of this show, I'm somewhat pleased. Caroline finds Tyler in Klaus's body and she's like, oh my gosh, you're not dead this is amazing like they're in the middle of the forest and she's ready to hook up because as we've mentioned those two just so so horny like morticia and gomez adams who (laughs) (laughs) those two are so and then tyler who is actually klaus is like whoa slow down love Wrong time, wrong place, wrong equipment, is what he says. <sighs> Caroline is like, what? I thought you were dead and you're alive. Like, this is the perfect time for... And he's like, wait, did you just call me love? <laughs> That's the thing and that hits you to it. Klaus in Tyler's body is like, I don't know, love. Did I? <laughs> like, playfully. And then she realizes it's Klaus. And she's so revolted. And I'm like, hey, Caroline, he wasn't going to sleep with you. I mean, he uh, let you kiss him in Tyler's body. Uh, but he wasn't going <laughs> to... I think he lets it go on a bit too long. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, by the standards of Vampire Diaries that we've been presented with, with certain other characters' behavior, in particular towards Caroline, at least Klaus wasn't like, hey, I'm just going to take advantage of of the situation. I'm no Catherine. (laughs) Like, come on. Catherine absolutely would have (laughs) if that was Stefan and she was in Elena's body. And she tried. She certainly tried. tried. (laughs) But, uh... That's how we head into season four. And previously I had described Tyler's stages of life, how he's first the jerk jock, and then he's the reluctant werewolf, and then he's the first successful hybrid. And now in season four, with Elena being a vampire and her doppelganger blood being effectively useless in Klaus's method of turning werewolves into hybrids, Tyler is now part of a a rare breed. He is the only hybrid who is unsired from klaus at that point but because he was our window into the nature of the sire bond the ever-changing nature of the sire bond (laughs) metamorphic transitive that sire bond he's very important i i shudder to say it but it's true he's very important to the delena of it all this season (laughs) because the delena it's true because the delena arc is oh elena is sired to damon but like yeah like what does this mean for the nature of their relationship is it real love like is it just brainwashing like what is it? let's turn to tyler who has been brainwashed through this (laughs) phenomenon and get his take on the situation and his 
take is you're fine actually tyler directly <laughs> contradicts previous things that have been said about the cyborg he says that oh yeah i did everything that klaus wanted me to when i was sired to him but i still hated him the cyborg affects how you act not, not how, how you, you feel, feel. Except very clearly early on, he was fully one oblivious to the fact that he was sired. Yes. That he his fealty to Klaus was not of his own volition. And he had to be convinced of the fact by like six people that this was messed up, right? He wasn't convinced at the beginning. He was like, I owe Klaus everything. I don't have to turn. You're thinking too much about it. Caroline couldn't get through to him. Rick and Elena tried to lead him through a thought exercise that he just fully wasn't grasping. That like, <laughs> if Klaus asked you to kill yourself, would you do it? His answer, yes. But why does that matter? <laughs> His answer, yes and... <laughs> And it only takes Caroline's near death, right? Because that is the trigger point for when Tyler turns. It's when Klaus tells him to bite Caroline and he says, no, I don't want to do that and does it anyway. And Caroline nearly dies until Klaus swoops in like a white knight and gives her his blood. And it's only then that he's like, well, actually, turns out I don't have free will. Yeah. And I've been beholden to Klaus against my own self-preservation against my own nature so yeah it's a little bit <sighs> conflicting accounts now that we want to okay delena i don't know it's odd that delena is hurting tyler's own story you know <laughs> which of course because unfortunately they're higher up on the, yeah. the the main character hierarchy than he is but even in this season where tyler now claims that oh the sire bond was now he's basically saying it's like being forced to do something it's like blackmail i don't know <laughs> It's not a lot better. Now it's not even like compulsion where at least when you are compelled, your mind is being messed with. So you can't really remember that you've been forced to do things once you leave the state of whatever the order was. But now it's like a thing of, oh, okay, so it, apparently you are just forced to do whatever this person says, but your actual emotions therein aren't affected. But in this season, they continue to say that, oh, the reason the Cyberbond exists in the hybrids is because you feel grateful to Klaus for freeing you from the pain of turning once a month. And I'm like, feeling grateful is an emotion, guys. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the cyberbond is affecting how you feel. Yeah. It's like, because again, like we say, every werewolf that Klaus turns into a hybrid is automatically sired to him. Most of the werewolves he turns into hybrids yes. are at duress. It's not like every hybrid that is now a hybrid was offered a choice or was sold a story. Some of them were. There is a scene in season three where he tells them they can become stronger, they can take of his blood and join his ranks, blah, blah, blah. But like, Klaus is building an army. Klaus is building a wall of protection around himself. I don't think he's going to run uh, run into werewolves. In fact, the very first one he tries to turn is at duress. So it's like, okay, yeah, you don't have to turn anymore if you don't want to. That is a huge weight, a huge burden off your shoulders. Does the relief of that outweigh your hatred for this man who forced you to now become undead? You know? Yeah. And if the answer is no, and you're still sired then what are we doing here? And as we go into season four, we'll talk more about the nature of the sire bond and what's going on with the hybrids and Tyler's relationship with Klaus. Because in season four, the year in which we deal with the cure storyline, the cure for vampirism, a new antagonist is introduced, Connor the Hunter, who 
who walks around in vervain soaked gloves. It's <laughs> <is> very clever. <laughs> Politely greeting people in this this little Virginia town, and whenever he shakes someone's hands and their flesh sizzles from contact with vervain, he's like, ah, gotcha, vampire. And he does not hesitate. No. He immediately goes for the kill. So we see that the first person in the Mystic Falls gang that he does this to is Tyler. Tyler and Caroline are hooking up as usual. <laughs> In yes, his... Tyler's back to Tyler just by the way. Bonnie's jumped Klaus out. Bonnie <laughs> removes Klaus from Tyler's body. The next day, after Elena has successfully transitioned into a vampire and Pastor Young has blown up the town council on his farm. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's not funny, it's sad. Sorry, it's not funny. It's a horrific murder-suicide. <laughs> Tyler and Caroline are hooking up, making out in bed as usual. And then Caroline tries to like press pause for a second and she's like i don't know should we be doing this after a bunch of people in our town just die <laughs> like it seems kind of insensitive and then tyler's like if you and i stopped having sex every time someone in this town died we'd explode <laughs> we would die from the withdrawal <laughs> i love that he said we'd explode i was like it's a combination of the acknowledgement of how much sex they have and also how many how many deaths happen in their town. <laughs> Caroline just uh, insists that they need to be more sensitive and then Tyler's like, well, I love you. How's that for sensitive? And I was like, ugh, you're so cheesy, but I like it. You, you guys are cute together. I'll allow it. <laughs> Is that the first I love you? No, no, no. no, no. It could they, be. They've said I love you before. No, in season three. Meanwhile, downstairs, Carol Lockwood opens the door and Connor, who she's already met, just walks into her house because yeah. <laughs> he's not a vampire. He can do what he wants. I mean, he's he's bold. He's in the deep south. The black man just walking into this affluent white lady's home. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of play there where it's like this intruder into town and it's this hulking black guy and he's just moving through, running roughshod over these southern ideals. I'm like... Hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm 50-50, but I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> and another another Teen Wolf actor. I can't remember his name, but he will later go oh, on to play Liam Dunbar's doctor. dad. Yeah. Yes! Liam Dunbar's dad, who's, I mean, obviously his like, stepdad or something, who's like, my angry little white son. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I respect that they never explain it or go into detail. They're like, here's a black man and his white son. No, we're and not going to elaborate. to the matter. He comes in questioning Carol Lockwood about the town council. Well, they're calling it uh, an accident. He is more skeptical. Carol is trying to dodge the situation. But Tyler and Caroline from upstairs with their vampiring can hear someone entering the house. And they're like, who could this be at this ungodly <laughs> hour? Because I think it's like evening time tyler gets dressed while caroline stays in the bedroom he goes downstairs to see who his mom is talking to and then he meets connor jordan connor greets him shakes his hand he gets burned by by the vervain soaked glove yeah and connor immediately pulls out one of those patented wooden bullet firing guns and shoots tyler like three times in the chest yeah connor doesn't play connor's so quick and he's just like i'm not messing around i'm not wasting time i'm efficient Carol naturally like screams in horror at her son being gunned down in their foyer and Caroline hears the commotion from upstairs so then she starts to get dressed. Thankfully Tyler is a hybrid so even though the wooden bullets some of them did hit him in the heart uh, he's okay. He gets up and his mother screams for him to run and he he yeets himself out the window yeah. and vamp speeds into the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I respect a person who is a speedster <laughs> and knows when it's time to just flee. Like, like I'm not going to win 
win this fight. Let me just run away. Yeah. <laughs> recuperate somewhere else. Don't worry about, about dignity or about decorum. Just find an exit and speed out. I hate that, like, Carol doesn't have some sort of firearm on her. Because we spoke about how she gets Caroline in the first episode of season three when she puts Vervain on her purse and then when Caroline touches it, she burns. Carol immediately pulls out a gun from like, it feels like she pulled it from over a shoulder, but I'm sure it was from a hip or something. <laughs> it's like a Vervain like dart gun, but she holds it with such, like she feels like such a gangster in that moment, which is so odd to say about a middle-aged <laughs> Southern woman. Southern white woman. Did she hold the trank gun on the side? <laughs> I, oh, I wish. Did she hold it sideways? <laughs> she does hold it straight up, but it's with such poise and such, like, she doesn't feel foreign to a firearm, is what you gather from that pose. Shoots Caroline. Caroline cries out. Shoots her again twice. <laughs> oh, like, Carol! I don't know why she doesn't have a gun at all times as a human in this town. Because that's Liz's job. You know? And she's got to keep some sort of social leg up on Liz. Yes. Listen, I'm not some, I'm not some boorish figure with a gun. I'm the mayor. <laughs> well, Caroline comes downstairs and thankfully for everyone involved, Connor has no interest in regular humans who aren't in his way. So he leaves Carol unscathed and he runs off to Tyler. Caroline comes downstairs. She's basically just in her underwear and putting on her boyfriend's t-shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, obviously, it's a very unique situation. Like, it was life or death. She was coming down to see who got shot and why Carol was screaming. But I was like, I like that your relationship is now at this level where you can just wander around your boyfriend's house in various states of undress <laughs> while his mom All is All it took home. was one season. Look at how far we've come. You know, Carol doesn't blink an eye. Vicky could never. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Caroline has that noble breeding, so, you know. She does, but there is a line in season three, it's actually after the ghost arc, because Carol is being attacked by the tomb vampire's ghosts as a founding family member, and then Caroline manages to hold them off while Bonnie does the spell to send them all back through the veil. One of my favorite Caroline scenes. And then in, in a later episode where Tyler asks Caroline to do something that she doesn't want to do, I can't remember what it is, but she's worried about how Carol Lockwood will perceive it. So Caroline says, I only just got your mom to stop hating me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, so did, so even though she knew that, you know, this vampire is dating my son who's a werewolf, it's all good. She still wasn't entirely, she was like, mm, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know about she, this. She was like, I know Boy she's moms. Forbes, but sometimes, you know, <laughs> she just irks me. She vexes me. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> Later on, uh, Stefan is pulling the bullets out of Tyler's abdomen. They've regrouped at the Salvatore Manor and Caroline is there. And Stefan is like, oh, wow, these, these bullets are expertly made. If you were a normal vampire, you'd be dead. Which it's nice to know that the protagonists have Tyler here as their like secret weapon because Connor does not come to town expecting to find hybrids. Yeah. And while Tyler is the first vampiric creature he encounters and therefore he's in his crosshairs for most of those first couple of episodes, he's easily the hardest one to kill. <laughs> yeah, it's very fortunate that, I mean, fortunate on their part, but like good writing that it's like they pick the one that it'll have the worst time at it, so he doesn't actually kill any of our main characters. <laughs> it's reasonable that he's struggling to kill Tyler, and it's good. Because he is now uh, basically exposed, he becomes the primary target 
as Connor moves through this town, just like <laughs> ready to kill anyone at a moment's notice if it means murdering vampires. Mm-hmm. I think it's the next day that they have the memorial for Pastor Young and the other town council members who were blown up. Even though April is an innocent human, Connor guts her with a knife and bleeds her out to use as bait for the vampires that he knows are present. Oh, April. But what I like about that scene is amidst the Elena drama who's, you know, struggling to survive because the sire bond is making her not feed properly they don't know it yet but that's the reason she's starving and she's distressed and you know her senses and emotions are heightened and she's not doing well tyler shows up at the memorial and stefan asks is it a good idea for you to be out in public like this when mm-hmm. there's a hunter who knows who you are <laughs> and is, is trying to kill you and tyler says that he's not gonna let fear of this hunter stop him from paying his respects and being sensitive to his community's loss. Mm, and I like that. Um, it starts off an arc that Tyler has this season where he's like, this is my town, this is my home, I'm going to be a servant to these people and do what I can for them. And it's like, oh, look at you, son of two mayors. And yeah. you're proving that, unlike a lot of your friends, <laughs> you actually care about listing folks. <laughs> And you can be a figure. I like that even in what ends up happening at the memorial, he's like, I'm not just someone who wants to be like a figurehead in that respect. I will put myself on the line to do that. Yes. When you think about the son of two mayors thing where it's like, yeah, his parents were the mayor at different times, but it's like they rule from on high. They delegate for other people to take care of things, to clean things up. Carol's the mayor. But Liz is the one who has to do all the dirty work as the sheriff. It's like Carol throws the parades, maintains the illusion of normalcy in the town, but she doesn't actually do much to solve the problem to, like, get down in the muck on the issue. But Tyler's immediately like, listen, I'll jump in front of the crosshairs, in front of the bullet to draw (laughs) this guy out. So I respect that. I love Caroline's little line where uh, she tells Stefan that if the hunter shows up, she'll kick his ass. Mm. And I'm like, oh, look at that. How Even though Tyler is like this super strong, (laughs) (laughs) um, difficult to kill undead being, his super powered girlfriend is still like, I'm going to protect my man. (laughs) That's my man. She's going to protect her short king. Oh, I, I love them. <laughs> They're so good together. Yeah. But um, as April bleeds out, all of the vampires in the room not only hear the sound of her blood dripping into what I think is a bowl of holy water, I, I guess? have to I don't know, assume. Like, yeah, which is an interesting of... imagery, like innocent it's an blood. interesting imagery. Holy water. It really paints a picture. <laughs> Obviously, in this universe, Holy Water doesn't do anything. Uh, Damon even touches it and does the sign of the cross on himself. And <laughs> like, that always makes me smile for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's funny. They hear the blood dripping with their super hearing and they smell it as well. They have this really cool... I love when they do this. They do it often in the Vampire Diaries. They have this thing where they speak in a whisper, aware that all the other vampiric people in the room can hear them. Yes. So it's like this secret conversation. It's almost like when a telepath pulls everyone in for a little... <laughs> a little mental a little conversation. Chat. Or when <laughs> yeah. like a team of secret agents all have like their invisible earpieces that you can barely see and they're all talking. <laughs> yes. Damon warns them not to react to the blood, not to move turn around because it's a trap and whoever has done this is waiting to see who in the room reacts which i was a bit like connor what if someone gets up because they need to pee or 
<laughs> or they turn around because they see like their aunt sitting alone and crying and they're like oh shane let me go sit with aunt Gemma this are you just gonna shoot at anyone who moves hard luck on you buddy you're getting a bullet through the brain because connor doesn't care elena who at that point has stood up because april is absent she's bleeding somewhere in the church but nobody else knows where she is elena tries to go up and say some respectful words about pastor young in april's stead but once she senses the blood newbie yeah. vampire who's starving she starts to lose it stefan goes to collect her and bring her down so that she won't out herself to connor who they don't know where connor is he's up in the the what rafters. Do you call that? The balcony? The rafters? I guess the, not the nosebleeds. Is that what it is in theater? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what it is in the church. The balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tyler has that, uh, the nice scene that you mentioned where he decides to go up and draw out the hunter's fire. But before he does, he shares an anecdote about his past experiences with Pastor Young and says that when he was a kid, he just didn't like to be part of any kind of team, including team sports. And it was Pastor Young who taught him the value of being on a team and working together with people and putting yourself on the line for mm-hmm. the good of a group which also part of Tyler's arc this season and what he's doing in that very moment as Connor takes another shot oh, <laughs> Tyler's a dartboard this season Tyler is a what's that thing they use at firing ranges he's that firing range target <laughs> <laughs> but I mean what a man he knew what he was doing he knew he was gonna get shot I was like look at you go it's mad like, respect truly you're growing into a into a fine young gentleman for now, <laughs> for uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> because Tyler is uh, shot in front of everyone Carol insists that they lie that he's been injured and call an ambulance and get him sent to hospital even though he's perfectly fine healing factor and all that it's like the, the town just saw you get shot in front of like a church pulpit there needs to be follow up they need to know that you're injured and you're healing so because of this he is absent at the end of the episode when they have their little lantern lighting memorial and they all pay their respects to the various loved ones they've lost over the last three seasons of this show so Tyler lights a lantern for Richard Lockwood Caroline is like I'm lighting a lantern for my dad and for Tyler's dad which was really sweet I was like I do feel as though the memory of Richard has become a bit sanitized in death but I guess (laughs) still his dad I mean Bill too right (laughs) Bill comes comes back for five seconds to do one decent thing but it's like he still kind of sucked for, so for both of them, it's this very complex memory. Another thing that um, they have in common, I suppose. Mm. In the next episode, Tyler is resting in the hospital, pretending to recover from his bullet wound, <laughs> with a deputy stationed outside to protect him, who is as useless as all the other cops who aren't Liz in this show sure, are. <laughs> He immediately gets taken down by Connor. Thankfully, I thought I thought Connor killed him. He just put him in a sleeper hold. So at least Connor was like, I'm not that homicidal when it comes to human <laughs> beings. As long as you don't get in my way. I mean, listen, he's an American soldier who served in Iraq. I feel like, intentional or otherwise, there's something to be said there. Mm. In the man who's like, I'm serving this noble purpose, stabs a minor to draw out an enemy combatant. It's like... <laughs> You know, this What's poor going teenage on girl who's just lost her dad <laughs> and is at the memorial for said dad. And he's like, hey, yeah, you're an army. Vet, do me a right. favor and bleed to death. <laughs> <laughs> but Connor comes into the hospital room. Tyler does sense him coming because of his keen hybrid senses. And he tries to get the jump on Connor. But Connor reacts too quickly and injects him with a paralytic. In the few minutes before his healing factor burns through the paralytic, which I thought was a pretty cool detail. Oh, yeah. Connor manages to extract some werewolf venom from Tyler's hybrid fangs. And then he runs away. Which 
I the because <laughs> this revelation sends my brain into spiral. I knew it would. The fact that werewolf venom is a collectible substance suggests that there are glands that form in werewolves that sit maybe behind their teeth that are just there yeah you know or maybe they're not for regular werewolves because as you've said to me the werewolf bite only works when you're in werewolf form yeah if you as a werewolf in your human form just bit somebody nothing will happen does becoming a hybrid then bring those glands to the surface and if that is the case where do they go <laughs> when you're a werewolf <laughs> okay okay so i'll say werewolves are shapeshifters okay right so where exactly the glands go is anyone's guess yeah where everything else goes i guess (laughs) i just want to know i can't speak to what connor's plan was but tyler had bared his hybrid fangs when connor attacked him so i guess connor just got lucky and he was like well your fangs are out so now i can do my little syringe trick if tyler hadn't done that i don't know what he was going to do Yeah, I because guess. as you say, it's not like his teeth are in a constant state of being venomous. Otherwise, how would he make up with his vampire <laughs> <Exactly>. girlfriend? <laughs> so isn't that because obviously they can extend their fangs. Okay, now we're getting into the extension of fangs. Is When vampires and hybrids, quote, extend their fangs, is it their teeth pushing out of their gums? Or are their teeth becoming magically longer and sharper? Do we know? I assume they're becoming magically longer and sharper. Okay, well, in that case, I guess the glands can magically appear. But that just, it's interesting then that vampires and werewolves in this world are a bit more magical than I thought. So I should reframe, perhaps, my (laughs) my views and opinions on these creatures. Okay, cool. On we go. They're, they're shapeshifters to an extent. I mean, vampires even make the creepy vampire face. Yeah, that's true. But like, they uh, all they, they all grow back like damaged cells in a few seconds. So. Right, but that's like a healing factor, right? You're healing what's already there, and the veins that appear. We all have veins in our faces. They can just make their veins. <laughs> I guess. I guess for some reason in my head, these glands appearing out of nowhere is a step too far for me. So maybe maybe I'm the problem, and that's fine. <laughs> maybe the glands appear out of nowhere when you trigger your werewolf curse and then they sit there inactive unless you are in wolf form or if you're a hybrid bearing your fangs mm, and they're just somewhere in like the roof of your mouth or like in your throat or something yeah okay yeah they're just sitting there inactive like mo- in a regular werewolf moonlight triggers them <laughs> but in a hybrid <laughs> you can just summon them up at your will. <laughs> it's getting crazier but i no, yeah I, I like that i like that okay dormant glands triggered in very specific circumstances okay cool good Got it. See, this is what Dr. West was trying to study. Mm. <laughs> He's fascinating. They, they, they called him a villain. <laughs> they ostracized him. They demonized him. But was he not doing the Lord's work? Was he not getting down to the bottom of these nitty gritty questions? He actually could have been so exciting. But anyway, so now Connor has werewolf venom at his disposal. And he does this cool, like, I don't know dilution distillery (laughs) like it's it's a little bit of chemistry yeah because he only has a little bit like the syringe isn't even full when he leaves tyler but he has enough to like fill up a bell jar he i have to imagine he was distilling whatever component it is that is most toxic i'm not sure how he would have figured that out scientifically considering hybrids are new to him but i digress and then mixing it into something that would spread it out 
so that he can create multiple rounds that are useful enough to fight off the many vampires that are in this town. I don't know if the science is perfect. I'd have to go back and check <laughs> what his apparatus were. Um, I do not have that that scene on the top of my head, uh, but I'd be able to tell you if I got a better look. It looked legit, but I haven't done chemistry in like a decade. So. I, I did two and a half years of chemistry fairly recently. So, and even I am like, uh, hmm, maybe I'll be able to tell, maybe not. Yeah, I do not miss chemistry. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it was fun sometimes. It was fun sometimes. Just very stressful when things need to be correct and accurate within certain bands of precision yeah but that's that's a story for another day <laughs> see now if you had been working with werewolf venom maybe it would have been a little bit more exciting you know cool stuff that i'd actually be really excited about oh i we did make aspirin the one time and i thought that was like that was the first time i was like oh cool real stuff you made aspirin yeah we made aspirin in the lab we had the various we were learning about certain compounds like cyclical compounds i forget what property particularly we were studying but the practical was to create it's acetyl salicylic acid is the compound in most like pain medication so yeah we made it in a lab it comes out as like a like a soft it's not the powder immediately it's this soft mush that you then have to wash with alcohol several times to get all the water out and then you put it in an oven and bake it at like a super high temperature to dry it out and then it comes out as the powder ah fun times so mayor lockwood 2.0 brings tyler home and he discovers that she has sought the help of klaus to protect him and Klaus lends a few of his remaining hybrids to act as Tyler's bodyguards, reasoning that, you know, Tyler is now a member of an endangered species and therefore he needs to be protected. And it's like, hmm. Does he say that or does he say you're a limited resource and I want to protect my investments? Because that feels a lot more. His exact words are something like, you, you hybrids are a dying breed. So I'm like, yeah, but you only want hybrids to be part of your army, not as some sort of like this cultural a... community. So, <laughs> yeah. so why do you care? This is not an interest in the preservation of a species from a purely ecological <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> you want your hybrids with you at all times. Yeah, so I'm like, it's weird that you'd be willing to risk them to protect Tyler, who you know who is doesn't no longer like loyal to you. Isn't beholden to you. Yeah, it's like, why would you risk the rest of your hybrids? To protect this one that will not serve you. Who can say why Klaus does what he does? I guess he was hoping maybe he could leverage him later on. So keep him alive for now and then later on be like, well, you know, I did you this favor so now you owe me. That is what he tries to do uh, somewhat because Tyler is visited by a young woman named Haley Marshall. My queen, my icon. <laughs> In her shady era. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, who amongst us hasn't made mistakes? Who amongst us hasn't done a little bit of dirty, you know? like Who amongst the Mystic Falls gang is right. without sin? He who Let is them without toss the sin, first stone. bite the first werewolf, <laughs> all right? But yeah, Haley is a, a werewolf girl that Tyler met while he was in the Appalachians, turning over and over and over again in order to break his sire bond. I do want to say, not that anyone who's listening currently would dispute this because they don't know, it is Appalachians. Oh, is it? Appalachians. People from Appalachia are very particular about the pronunciation. So the way to remember it is I'll throw an apple at ya. Appalachia. Oh, I was going to remember it in a nerdier way. Okay. There are aliens known as Appalachians who were the reason that DC Comics Justice League first came together. <sighs> so that's how I'll remember. 
anyone ever thought we were cool on this podcast, <laughs> if anyone thought we had even an ounce of just like social credibility, it's gone. No, why am I lying to myself? We talk about X Men all the time on here. We do. <laughs> we constantly. <laughs> I reference Twilight. <laughs> no, we had no chance from day one. <laughs> So Tyler, it turns out, had been lying to Haley that he was from some lower class upbringing and lived in a trailer park in Florida. Oh, but she boy. has managed to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she managed to track him down to his affluent home because a friend of hers mm. is one of Klaus's hybrids and mentioned to her that he was being instructed to guard a person named Tyler. And she was like, what are the chances that it's my Tyler who I just helped through a very harrowing ordeal? Caroline comes to visit Tyler and she's surprised to hear that Klaus is keeping Tyler under house arrest <laughs> with his hybrids as security. And Tyler doesn't seem to want her around. He's acting a little yeah. dodgy. And he's like, go to Rebecca's party. I'm boring here at home alone. You just leave. Just go away. Klaus, who is still in the house for some reason, I don't know why he doesn't have better things to do. He doesn't have I thought he had just left do. the hybrids there. He, he truly, his most exciting thing this week is sitting around these teenagers and watching their drama. <laughs> what else does he have going on? So Klaus runs into Haley for the first time and he's like suspicious of the nature of her and Tyler's relationship. And after Haley leaves, he confronts Tyler and he's like, hmm... I have a theory. <laughs> Tyler's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Klaus. And Klaus's like, no, no, no. I've been, I've been watching uh, CW drama. I know how you teens are. And I think that you had a little love affair with Haley while you were off in the mountains breaking your sire bond. And now Caroline doesn't Two know. Two werewolves <laughs> out in the wild of the South. Tensions ran high. Inhibitions ran low. Inhibitions ran low. <laughs> Klaus, I was like, Klaus is busy writing a fanfic in the Lockwood's <laughs> living room. Klaus is the biggest Taylor stan. <laughs> Klaus is writing a self-insert fanfic where he's like, Haley comes and steals Tyler away so that I can be with Caroline. <laughs> because that's what it is, right? His only MO in this dynamic is to slight Tyler so he can get Caroline by default. Yes. It's, and it's so weird. It's so weird. Tyler doesn't deny this accusation. He just seems agitated mm. and riled up by it. And that is all we see that episode. By the next episode, Connor the Hunter has killed one of Klaus's hybrids, Nate. And so Klaus orders another of his hybrids, Dean, to go and retrieve Connor. Because they had had him in captivity, but he escaped. By this point, Klaus is like, oh, I need Connor alive. For reasons that I won't tell you, but you're not allowed to use lethal force against this man who was only too happy to kill you. <laughs> so it's like, great, you're sending us all to our slaughter. Thanks, boss. We love to serve. Caroline shows up to the Lockwood Manor and runs into Haley for the first time. And Haley is, you know, p polite but nonchalant. She's like, oh, hey, yeah, you're Tyler's girl. I've heard so much about you. And Caroline, like, defaults to teen drama mode and is like, really? Because I've never heard about you. <laughs> She's accusatory, but Haley immediately shuts it down because she can hear Tyler and this other hybrid, Dean, arguing in, in the nearby room. And she's like, yeah, I don't do teen drama, Caroline. Take it up with Tyler. Yeah, talk to your boyfriend because <laughs> this clearly has nothing to do with me. I do love that it's like, she's very clearly like 1920, something like that. And she's already yeah. so over it. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> she's like, I was you not even three years ago. Trust me, girly. You've got to evolve. This is nothing. <laughs> 
But she's far more interested in uh, Tyler's argument with the hybrid Dean. They both try to convince Dean that you don't have to put yourself on the line for Klaus. This is a suicide mission. Connor can and will kill you, especially if you're not allowed to fight back with lethal force. Dean tells Haley to stay out of it because she doesn't get it because she's not a hybrid. He's very much like, you're not one of us, you inferior werewolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an odd take to have, Dean, but go off. I guess you have drank the Klaus aid. Yeah, he explains that they are bound to what Klaus wants. And Tyler says that, look at me. I'm free. I'm an example that you're not forever beholden to what Klaus demands of you just because you're a hybrid. But in that moment, Dean says, okay, Tyler, if you're so brave, why don't you call Klaus and (laughs) tell him (laughs) that we're not doing what he says? So Tyler takes the phone and he's like, okay, fine, I will. And Caroline's like, Tyler, don't. Tyler calls Klaus, and Klaus is immediately like, Oh, Tyler, you, you want to act fresh with me? Don't forget that I know your little secret that you cheated on Caroline with Haley, <laughs> which <laughs> Tyler doesn't, Tyler again doesn't deny. Says nothing. And because of vampiring, even though Klaus is not on speaker, Caroline hears Klaus say this through the phone call and looks devastated. Mm-hmm. Haley looks like she doesn't care. I don't know how, <laughs> how good her ears are. <laughs> Unbothered queen. Only when Klaus says, yeah, Tyler, uh, I'm gonna blackmail you now. <laughs> You'll go back to being my how did you put it? My little bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Nasty work. Only when Klaus says that and then Tyler backs down is Haley like, what? You're just gonna give up and let him walk all over you? And I'm like, Haley, did you not hear the teen drama? She's truly editing out the teen drama. She's like, I'm in a different show, guys. <laughs> She's got a filter on. She's just like teen bullshit. Can we get to the real drama? This is why she went off to the originals. She was like, I need to be in yes. a real show with the real stakes. <laughs> <laughs> but this kind of goes uh, back to what you said, that Klaus Klaus may have only been keeping Tyler around because he thought, you know, in the future, I might be able to get some kind of a hold over you. Mm. We're immortal. We have nothing but time. I'll find a way. And now he believes he's found a way. Dean goes on his suicide mission. He is unsurprisingly killed almost immediately. (laughs) Very quickly. (laughs) He gets these nails fired at him that have been soaked in werewolf venom, which of course wouldn't have killed him. It hurts him and he looks like effed up, but it wouldn't have killed him because he's a hybrid. But then Connor fires this contraption that like shoots a massive hole through Dean's chest, immediately removing his heart and killing him because that is lethal to hybrids. And it's like, well... Klaus, so much for protecting your endangered species. (laughs) Ball of contradictions, that man. But also, I I need to understand how much propulsive force you could use to... What did you say it shot out? A ball of chains? Well, the the thing that removed his heart. Yeah. It it looked like if someone were to fire a bear trap through someone. That's kind of what it looked like. Interesting. The amount of propulsive force it would take to shoot something through not a human body a hybrid body that i have to assume is a little bit more resilient remove your heart and surrounding chest cavity and push it all out the other end (laughs) and to just have that kind of weapon on you is very interesting hey connor is a a hunter and a soldier and a soldier yep they are privy to such items of crimes against humanity (laughs) (laughs) but afterwards Haley is mourning dean who i guess had been her friend despite being so rude to her earlier yeah i mean wolves it's a different culture you know they have their own way of getting about i guess she seeks comfort in tyler and it's that very cliched tv moment where 
two platonic friends are having a platonic like moment of like an intimate like hug and then the partner of one of them walks in and is like oh look what i just walked in on (laughs) which that part is cliche what's crazy is that tyler still hasn't addressed what he knows caroline overheard klaus this is the big (laughs) thing right it's the thing that like tyler is perfectly happy to have caroline not know anything and he does end up saying that like i don't want to spoil it but you go on caroline is like well she she am i interrupting (laughs) and Haley. Haley, who is like her eyes are are bloodshot from crying from her fr- for her friend. Right. She just she knows immediately what Caroline's getting at, and she's just like, "I'll let you two talk." And Caroline's like, "Thank you. How big of you, <laughs> Caroline?" <laughs> she's very clearly emotionally distraught. I think you need a hit pause, girl. And so Caroline decides to confront Tyler about his supposed infidelity, and only then is Tyler like, "Oh no 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 no, nothing happened between Haley and I. Like all she did was help me through like one of the most torturous experiences I'd ever." been through in order to free myself from a sire bond turning over and over and over again and we became very close but we're just friends and then caroline is like well then why does klaus think something is going on between you two and he's like because i would rather klaus think that than know what we're really up to yeah which you know clearly working because klaus is far too invested (laughs) in using your love life as leverage (laughs) it's the best plan it's just that is it worth <laughs> keeping Caroline in the dark? I feel like Caroline's a really good actor and has proven to be so. Will prove to be so now that she's in on the bit and she starts, like, helping them sell this idea. So it's it's just very odd to me that Tyler was just willing to have Caroline believe he cheated on her while in the Appalachians to get back at Klaus. And that is kind of a seed of something that will thread through this season. Even this moment that becomes resolved when he tells Caroline what's up is like a sign of what is to come with this dynamic of Tyler, Caroline, and Klaus. Perhaps Tyler was worried that the other hybrids in the house, who are still sired to Klaus, might overhear him trying to explain something to Caroline, but I'm like, dude, then send her a text. Like... Klaus can't be everywhere. I know he seems so omnipotent, but like a quick message, a little WhatsApp, everything's sorted. I think the other thing too that it, I don't think it's a textual thing or is like an energy that they're working with, but it is interesting that helping Tyler through his werewolf metamorphosis is the thing that brings him and Caroline together. And the fact that Haley helped him through it, assumedly like a hundred times in trying to break him through the sire bond. It's interesting they didn't play with in that to kind of maintain that even though Haley is a platonic relationship for Tyler, there is a competing sense of intimacy there in that like Caroline is not a werewolf at the end of the day. And so even though she helped him through that the first time, they have bonded in a way that she can never quite get to. It's almost the way Matt wouldn't be able to understand Mm. her life because he wasn't privy to the supernatural. And that's why she and Tyler just had a closer bond in a similar way, Tyler and Haley both being werewolves and bonding over this metamorphosis thing would be in a way that caroline couldn't access it's not really done like that in the season but i I think that would have been interesting that is an interesting point it's definitely something they keep bringing up over and over again and Haley, Haley, who we we never even see turn in this season which is fascinating I guess there's no full moons in the interim. Yeah, she seems to really have this understanding of of what the hybrids need to go through. And her plan with Tyler is to get all of the other hybrids under Klaus's thrall to do what he did, transform over and over again until the quote-unquote 
gratitude that they feel because of a sire bond falls away and they're all freed. I'm going to say something so controversial right now. Yeah? Tyler is this season a werewolf Harriet Tubman, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of is. Him and Haley are riding the underground werewolf railroad. <laughs> no, but in, but in all seriousness, he is a liberator this season. He is working like an, a resistance under the nose of their power that oppresses them and that keeps them in line. He is secretly working a resistance to unlink them from that power, from the whims of that power and free them to be their own selves, to have autonomy. It's a really cool storyline that very often the season takes secondary to some very pointless main storylines. Yeah, you know, watching watching through Tyler's B-plot, I realized this season... <laughs> <laughs> This season might actually suffer because of the whole we need to cure Elena because she's struggling with being a vampire. Also, Damon doesn't know whether she really loves him not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. The race for the cure is a lot of fun and very exciting. The motivations yes. that some of the characters have, pure stinker. Don't care about it. Bonnie's arc is interesting as well with yes, the expression. The expression. Tyler's arc as the liberator of the hybrids should have had more time because it's so it's so good. And it's such a big step for Tyler. That's all I'm saying. It leads to him metamorphosizing to his next stage. Because when Elena is being haunted by the hunter's curse after successfully killing Connor, these apparitions and hallucinations that are ultimately trying to drive her to kill herself and the only way to end them is for someone else to take up connor's legacy as a member of the brotherhood of the five they need to awaken a potential aka jeremy by having him kill a vampire or a vampiric creature yeah so during this episode the mystic falls gang enlists the help of another of klaus's hybrids named chris because klaus has placed elena under house arrest in his own mansion in order to stop her from hurting herself because he's like, well, you know, if we can cure you, I'll have my doppelganger blood back. So you are an asset. And Stefan and Tyler go to Chris, who's watching over her, and they're like, we need you to help us break Elena out, you know, just turn a blind eye. And the reason they're able to do this is because Chris has already successfully unsired himself from Klaus. Chris is understandably terrified at the prospect of betraying Klaus. He's like, guys, I'm not a main character and I'm black. This man will kill me. I am the worst person. My fate is sealed just by you asking this question of me. (laughs) You just killed me. (laughs) But Tyler promises him that, hey, me and Haley, we got your back. You help us with this and we'll help you disappear from Mystic Falls. Klaus will never find you. Whenever somebody brings up this disappear, Klaus will never find you thing, I assume they're saying your best case scenario is that your Catherine Pierce forever. Yeah. (laughs) You can never stop. You are running eternally. There's no way to hide from him. I mean, Catherine, Catherine did it, but I mean, she's Catherine, you it's know? Catherine. And I, she's... No one's on her level, unfortunately. Klaus has a little confrontation with Haley and Chris, who's still pretending to be loyal, and Tyler. And Haley is angry that, oh, you know, you sent Dean on a suicide mission. And Klaus is basically like, who are you? Mind your own business. Yeah, what stake <laughs> do you think you have, yeah? <laughs> 
I love how brave she is. Like, I've let Tyler have his little girl around, but now you're speaking? <laughs> what do we... I admire that she's brave enough to, like, say what she thinks to Klaus. I'm like, yeah, she's basically the bottom of the supernatural food chain in this world, apart from doppelgangers. <laughs> and it's like, you're, you're mouthing off at the, the big honcho of the supernatural world. I mean, that takes guts. <laughs> the original hybrid. Tyler asks Klaus why he wanted Connor alive in the first place, and Klaus is very cryptic about his reasons. But he leaves with his other hybrids when Caroline shows up, staging a fake breakup with Tyler. They acted out really well. Yeah. And afterwards, Tyler says, You girls are good liars. And Haley just smiles and looks away. <laughs> She's like, Who, me? Boy, you don't even know. I love that in the scene. It's framed as though she's looking away because Caroline and Tyler are kissing and she's like, I'm not going to stare at you while you kiss. Right. And it's like, in retrospect, it's like, oh. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Caroline's like celebrating her thespian win. Meanwhile, Haley's like, my longest schemes. (laughs) (laughs) Haley's like, Catherine who? (laughs) There's a new schemer in town. Oh, yeah. You know what? This girly here, Haley and Anna Chu above her. Oh, yes. All could achieve what Catherine did, maybe. Later on, Caroline is sent to distract Klaus, as usual. Pretends to be trying to sweet-talk him into releasing Elena, but she's actually just keeping him busy while... Tyler and Stefan break Elena out and put Chris at enormous risk. Yeah. The reason I bring up the scene is there's an insane moment where Klaus, still under the impression that Haley has stolen Tyler away, <laughs> tells Caroline that if Tyler was still side to me, he would have never hurt you because I wouldn't have let him. And I'm like, firstly, gross firstly. that you were trying to make this moment about you. Second, you, you did. Tyler to you told Tyler to kill her why are we acting we watched you do it (laughs) we sat there with our own eyes and watched you say I need you to bite Caroline and it wasn't even about them that's how much of a whim it was it was about Stefan your ex-boyfriend who you were fighting in a cold war (laughs) your ex-boyfriend it wasn't even about Caroline or Tyler even crazy i was like klaus what revisionist history you know i i guess when you've been alive for a thousand years who can remember every person you've (laughs) ever heard you can confidently (laughs) edit out anything because everybody else who heard you say it is dead like (laughs) (laughs) most of them because you killed them Unfortunately, Elena escapes because her hallucinations lead her to see Stefan as a threat. Yeah. She stabs him with a fire poker and runs away. <laughs> Elena's yakety sacking her whole way through that episode. <laughs> it's wild how many escapes she pulls. Love that for her. So the rest of the gang lets Caroline know what's up. And Caroline boldly admits to Klaus, like, yeah, I've been distracting you. We were trying to break Elena out. And then she ran away. Yeah. And then Klaus, Klaus, who has just said, Tyler would have never emotionally hurt you because I wouldn't have let him, is so enraged that even as Caroline tries to explain, he's like, stop talking or I will kill you. And I'm like, sir, you j- what, did you- what did you just, you just say? Said- God. By this point, thankfully, Damon, Jeremy, and Bonnie have figured out how to stop the hunter's curse. Mm. And Caroline tells Klaus that, oh, we know how to stop the curse and save your your little blood bag. And she makes a deal with Klaus. 
which we will later on learn is offering up his own hybrid as a vampiric sacrifice to activate Jeremy as a hunter, which sadly happens as Chris is on his way out of Lockwood Manor. He's like, bye, Haley and Tyler. Thanks for all your help, guys. I'm going to disappear. Thank you for setting me free. I'll never forget (laughs) this. <laughs> you guys are my best friends. It's the anime <laughs> side character relishing and talking at length. More dialogue than they've ever been given the whole show about how they love everybody and how everyone's their friend. And you're like, oh, he's about to die. Isn't oh, he? no. <laughs> then he opens the door and Klaus is right there. And he's like, <laughs> going somewhere. And I love that. Joseph Morgan is such a sweet short king that it really feeds into how powerful and terrifying Klaus is and all these like six foot men, this hulking Chris is a big dude. He's a tall dude. Chris is a big dude. And he is physically quaking at the sight of Klaus. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure if Klaus was aware that Chris was unsired. If he was, he doesn't mention it in this scene. He certainly acts like he doesn't know that. He just acts as though, oh, Chris, you have failed me by allowing Elena to escape. I am livid. And Chris apologizes. Tyler tries to come to his defense. Once again, what a man. Tyler's like, no, it wasn't his fault. I was distracting him. I helped Elena escape. And then Haley is like, no, Tyler's lying to cover for me. It was me. I helped Elena escape. Guys, guys, coordinate. (laughs) What are we doing? And then Klaus looks at Haley as if to say, are you still here? (laughs) I keep turning around and hearing the sound. And I look and you're still in my home. You're still in my town. What are you doing here? He's like, I thought I told you to mind your business. Then he rounds on Chris, throttles him against the wall and tells him that you exist only to serve me. And Chris is like, yes, yes, I'm sorry. I'll never disobey you again. Please forgive me. Have mercy. And then Klaus is like, okay, fine. I'll have mercy. Get on out of here. And Chris is like, whoo, survived that by the skin of my teeth. (laughs) Opens the door and immediately gets staked (laughs) by Stefan. Yeah. (laughs) Which doesn't kill him because he's a hybrid. He's a hybrid. It knocks him out. Tyler and Haley are like, what the hell? And Stefan's like, I'm so sorry. Like, he looks at Haley like, oh, another person who's not part of the main little pod of people I care about. Yep. Jeremy walks in holding a hatchet. He says, I'm sorry. Haley screams out and he decapitates Chris, killing him properly. And activating himself as a hunter. It's crazy that they do it in front of Tyler and Haley. Like, y'all couldn't cart him away. You know? I don't know if that's better or worse. It's just so messed up. And you know what? As you're describing the situation with Chris, it really highlights the fact that, like, these hybrids are enslaved to Klaus. Yeah. You exist only to serve me, right? And here's Tyler trying to liberate them. I was half joking earlier, but like he is very much liberating them. And then here comes our main protagonists opposing the liberation force, killing one of the enslaved hybrids for their own purposes, <laughs> working with the guy who is their master. It's like, wow, guys, <laughs> this feels good and great. This feels like a wonderful time to exist. And it really does. This is the thing that then puts them at odds because it's like, well, shit, if you were just going to throw my people under the bus, then I'm not going to be aligned with because we don't matter as much as you and your inner circle. And it's like you have viewed me as this side character and as this character who is useful in like my physical ability and how that can contribute to your own goals. And I understand that you viewed me that way because that's who I was. But now, now I've got people depending on me. Now I've got all these hybrids that I need to free and you are in my way. 
So this is it. Now we're on the outs. So it's just a very, it's a very crazy and interesting episode. It's like episode four or five, right? It's like fairly early into the season. It's fairly early, but the the tone is set for this season in terms of Tyler's dynamic with the rest of the group, yeah. the Mystic Falls gang. They truly do not care. They don't. The next morning, Caroline shows up and Tyler and Haley are like mourning and drinking. I think Haley is still asleep. Caroline is like, Tyler, we had no choice. We had to offer Chris up to save Elena because, you know, Elena's the main character. Elena's the Tyler? most important <laughs> person in this world and in this universe. So we should all line up and die. And Tyler tells her that I promised to help Chris if he helped us. I made a promise and I have now failed. And Caroline insists that, yeah, but we were helping our friend, Elena, which is more important. And Tyler says, well, we we helped one friend by handing over another friend to be killed. And Caroline has the audacity to say that oh, Chris wasn't our friend. <laughs> ah, Caroline? <laughs> he cuts her hope before she's even finished, but she, she gets that part out. She's like, he wasn't our friend. And Tyler's like, no, he was. He was, you know, this kindred spirit. He was a hybrid slave to Klaus, just like Tyler. He wanted to be free, just like Tyler. And he says that Chris was part of his pack. And it's the first time Tyler says something like that about oh. having a pack. And then he asks Caroline how she even got Klaus to agree to sacrifice one of his dwindling number of hybrids. Mm -hmm. And Caroline's like, oh, I agreed to go on a date with him. Oh my and... god. It feels so banal to say. <sighs> the thing you just said after everything we've been discussing just made me want to throw up at how banal that is in comparison. Oh my god. <laughs> it's wild. Tyler hurls a bottle of alcohol at the wall and it smashes and Caroline looks very stunned and I'm like, girl, I, he shouldn't be acting violent, but come on. Like, what do you think? You put his friend <laughs> on the chopping block and now you're saying you're going on a date with their enemy slave master. Like, what do you want? <laughs> Wild. Ooh. Wild. God, and you know what? Earlier I said it doesn't come through. It comes through now that, like, Caroline just doesn't get it because she's not in it. Yeah. And she exists in this world within Mystic Falls, within the MFG, where it's like, outside of us, nobody matters. Mm. And in this season for Tyler, he has a different us to take care of now. Not just as part of the Mystic Falls group, but now as part of this pack and as the person trying to free them. As the person trying to make sure they are all taken care of. As a leader of sorts. So, I, just because she's not in it the way Haley's in it, even though Haley's working her own angle, Caroline just does not get it. It's, it's wild. The next episode, though, they do seem to be on slightly better terms. They don't really interact because they're still trying to sell the whole, oh, Haley and Tyler had a love affair and that broke up Tyler and Caroline thing. It's the Miss Mystic pageant. And the night before, Kim, one of Klaus's hybrids. Alyssa Diaz, icon. She's turning over and over again to break her, her sire bond. Well, she asks why they need to break all their bones over and over again. And once again, Haley repeats that mantra of, you need to free yourself from the gratitude you feel to Klaus. Haley explicitly says, you need to keep turning until it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> Which, yeah. I'm still so confused by what that means, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
but it's we fine. We spoke about it last session. <laughs> yes. I don't think yes. it's that important. It's okay. <laughs> In a moment, I'll mention why I was questioning it specifically okay. now, but I'll I'll get back to it. At the Miss Mystic pageant, Tyler, Haley, and Caroline, they're keeping up the ruse of their relationship drama. Klaus decides he's going to make this the date that he's owed by Caroline. Yeah. Um, and Tyler brings Haley as his date. Klaus is still loving the teen drama because when he sees Tyler arriving with Haley and he's standing with Caroline, he's like, well, they didn't waste any time, did they? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll kill you. I swear to God, sitting there with your popcorn while you ruin these people's lives. I can't. I love that when, when Catherine was impersonating Elena by possessing her, she could not stomach the teen drama. But Klaus, who's twice her age, is like, I'm living for this. <laughs> During the pageant, Damon spies Haley talking to Professor Atticus Shane, and he asks Tyler how they know each other. And Tyler assures him that, oh, they don't. And Damon says, well, you know, given everything that's going on and Shane's seeming knowledge about everything pertinent to their current saga, he is justifiably suspicious. At the end of the pageant, Haley and Tyler, they sit and they talk over champagne. Haley asks Tyler if he got the werewolf gene from his mom because she notices that Carol Lockwood parties even harder than Tyler does. <laughs> Which, I'm I like, we have noticed that Carol Lockwood, the woman likes a drink. She oh, does. She's she loves Always a got a drink. champagne glass in her hand. A cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm ready to go. A dry party? Why don't we drop ourselves in hell now? <laughs> and I wonder if maybe that's just to think about Carol for a second. Is is that how she copes with the stress of living in this insane town and Listen. you know the the marriage that she's gone through and yeah. you know been widowed and I mean, I can't fault her. No, listen, Carol. you're you're not running Mystic Falls. You married into this stuff to begin with. Like, I won't hold you a glass of champagne every now and then to take the edge off. Who am I? Tyler tells Haley that no, it was his dad that he got the gene from. Then he asks about Haley's own parents. And Haley tells Tyler that she is adopted. And her adoptive parents only found out about her lycanthropy when she did, after the first night she turned. And then they threw her out of the house. So... <laughs> appropriate reaction <laughs> which if we can that has that line has haunted me for years because i'm like okay so what you're telling me is Haley's human parents adoptive uh -huh. parents who are completely human and presumably didn't know about the supernatural one day their child morphs into a wolf with superpowers trashes their living room for six hours <laughs> And then when she turns back, all they have to say is, yeah, we're just owning it. Get, out, get of out of our, our house. house. I'm like, I'm like, what? My mind would be blown. I would need therapy. I'd be calling the Pentagon a scientist. We a said psychic medium. In the episode, we're like, no CIA, no FBI, <laughs> no animal control. What are no, we Haley's talking? friends were just like, if we kick her out, we never have to talk about this again. <laughs> Tyler also asks her how she triggered her werewolf curse, who she killed, and she just says that it was a boating accident due to her being drunk and thinking she wasn't. And that is all we will ever hear about how Haley triggered her curse. For the rest of her time in this universe, she'll never elaborate beyond that. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's rarely important how the, the, with like werewolves triggering their curse. It's like, you understand that they like killed somebody. All you really need to know is whether it was an accident. Yeah. I think the elaboration, I would be interested if somebody killed someone on purpose to trigger the werewolf curse. Ooh. Because they knew about their heritage and they were raised with this idea that like, you should be very careful about violence and rage and instead went, 
What if I want to embrace this? What if I want the gorillas? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's when it gets cool and interesting. So Tyler finally asks her why she was talking to Professor Shane. And Haley's like, what? No, I was just flirting with him because he's cute and smart. But I don't know him. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's an interesting scene here in terms of lore for like supernatural powers. Klaus and Caroline are talking. A little ways away and Tyler and Haley are watching them from afar and Haley asks Tyler what they're saying demonstrating that hybrid superhearing is superior to werewolf in human form superhearing I mean I would I would assume that would come from the vampire side because we've seen that vampires can hear from long distances yeah we touched on it a little bit I think in the first session that like where vampires seem to lead with hearing werewolves seem to lead with sense of smell which makes sense so it's honestly surprising to me at all that Haley has like enhanced hearing when she starts listening to conversations over phones I'm honestly like can werewolves do that because I know that werewolves especially have have a very heightened sense of smell even in human form based on everything that Jules says in season two she can smell a vampire from distance she can smell a werewolf like that the werewolf makes sense you can you know your own kind you can recognize by scent but she knows what vampires smell like she can smell supernatural things so I would expect a vampiric creature to have superior hearing to a werewolf yeah it makes sense I just thought it was it was cool to clarify because with the the whole Gilbert device thing and the untriggered werewolf Tyler hearing it from so far away, a lot of the fans are like, does this mean that werewolves hear better than vampires? Because the device had a certain range and Tyler should have been out of range at that point. Was the range according to, because I thought about this when you mentioned it and then I got distracted. Was the range according to John Gilbert, the elder's notes? Yes, I think you did say this once in the... Yeah, then... Easy. I think in the Anna episode. <laughs> it's Emily Bennett who spelled the device, so she clearly made it work in a proper way that was just like better than anything John Gilbert envisioned. It's <laughs> like, yeah, what did what did Jonathan the Elder know? <laughs> you know? And who even says he was accurate because his shit didn't work? <laughs> it's like, it didn't work until <laughs> Emily true. spelled it. So what does he know? Listen, one one day we, we need to have an episode where we talk about magical items in this mm. world because I have things to say about John Gilbert's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all this credit for shit that black women were making. Get out of here, John <laughs> Gilbert. Your number's up. After Haley asks Tyler what uh, Klaus and Carolyn are saying, Tyler's like, ah, it's just some bullshit about being human. He's clearly very angry that Klaus is chatting up his girl. It's like, the sooner we get rid of him, the better. He's talking about hummingbirds and whatever, and it's like, all right, Klaus, yeah, <laughs> Like, get off it. Always the poetic, tortured little artist. <laughs> it's just like, all right. <laughs> this is where we see that uh, Haley and Tyler aren't just planning to free the hybrids from Klaus, but they're also planning to get rid of Klaus mm-hmm. in some way. And at the end of the episode, Haley goes and speaks to Professor Shane and she's like, we've got another one because Kim has successfully broken her sire bond. Yeah, Haley is secretly working with Shane for unmentioned reasons. She does say to Shane, when it all goes down, she wants Tyler to be left out of it. Showing that she does seem to care about his well-being. Yeah. And Shane is just like, we'll discuss it when the last hybrid has been freed. (laughs) A great person (laughs) to work with. I mean, hey, we talk about manipulators. Professor Shane. Yeah. You know? Yeah, good point. (laughs) Maybe one man ever (laughs) will get into those ranks. The last hybrid in question is Adrian. I feel like I've seen the actor somewhere before, but I, I can't remember where. Let me look I, him I, up. I watch too much TV. Even though it's his episode, all I remember is Kim. Micah Joe Parker. Who on earth? Parker. 
Yeah, okay. it's a Gemini coven. <laughs> After she wakes, Road to the Well delivered. Loyla versus Mob City Thumper. Nothing I recognize, certainly. I don't know any of those titles. Yeah, maybe he just looks like someone else. Maybe he looks like... um. Uh, have you watched Modern Family? Yes. He kind of looks like Haley's first boyfriend. I forget Dylan. his name. Dylan. He looks a little bit like Dylan. If he had like more of a 2009 like bowl cut, <laughs> he would look kind of like Dylan. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Maybe. It's Adrian, who pleads no more as the torturous process of turning over and over again to break the side bond becomes too much for him. Tyler tries to push him to continue, but Kim, who is also present for some reason, says that Adrian has had enough. <laughs> I don't know why she's there. <laughs> I assume she was his girlfriend or something, or maybe they were close in the way that like Tyler and Haley are close. So she's like, you know, maybe, advocating maybe. for him. They're the only named hybrids left after Chris is killed. So. <laughs> True. True. So these are our fighters, unfortunately, in the pack. Kim says Adrian has had enough and she goes to release him from his shackles. But Haley says that no, Adrian needs to keep going. Which I'm like, Haley, you've never turned a hundred times in a row. You're being very brazen about all this. I think Kim says as much. She's like, it's easy for you to speak when you've not had to do it. This shit is hard. Once again, like putting Haley like outside of this pack that she's attached herself to, where it's like ultimately you don't really know what they're going through, Haley. But now that we know she's using them for something it makes a bit more sense. Haley tells them that technically Adrian is actually a liability to them because if he's still sired to Klaus, and apparently he's now Klaus's right-hand man because Nate, Dean, and Chris are dead. He very much royal family disastered his way into <laughs> that position. <laughs> he did. But she's like, you know, we, we can't have you reporting back to Klaus and still being beholden to his whims. So you need to keep turning until you've broken the Sire Bond. Yeah. And then Kim points out that if breaking the Sire Bond is about getting your free will back, then Adrian doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do, even at Tyler's behest. Which... I guess, I guess. But... that's the the issue of not to take it to a place of corp, but like leadership style, <laughs> because some people chafe against the idea of like, or some people perceive the person who has the most clear vision of the goal, has the experience to lead you towards the goal as someone who's trying to take power, as someone who's trying to become authoritative. Yeah. In, in the context of, like, our real life, where we're just, like, people and we exist in this human society, it's like, you know, yeah, I would chafe against that too. But again, this is werewolf culture. This is werewolf politic. That's kind of what they go for. Mm. So it's it's less an argument of leadership philosophy and more a contest of wills and a contest of like submission. Which it's interesting considering all the stuff we were discussing at the beginning of Tyler's whole journey. Because it kind of echoes those ideals back when his lycanthropy was this metaphor for like the hollow patriarchal ideal of strength and of fury and of violence as what should be cherished as what is held above all as what is useful but it doesn't feel the same in this case right now that he is amongst other werewolves yeah other werewolves who exist the same way he does who have the same strengths and weaknesses and resiliences as he does and in the sense that he isn't asserting power for his own gain or to meet his own ends his goal 
is the liberation of all the hybrids, and his goal is the removal of their oppressor. And so, if it takes a contest of wills to get there, if someone is threatening that goal within this culture, and the only way to do it is a show of force, then, you know, now we're playing in a space where that is useful, where that is the best way to take care of it. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. And Kim and Adrian decide that they don't want to do that. <laughs> and they deuce out. And, you know, to, to carry on with your, your Harriet metaphor, it's like those people who say, Harriet would have left some of y'all behind. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> now I'm thinking of the slave seller. Um <laughs> Which comes back, back, believe it or not, that that damn seller Would comes you back believe again. It? We're I think. back in the slave cellar. <laughs> that night, uh, Haley and Tyler are at the Mystic Grill because where else do you go if you're not at home or school? Yeah, and they're watching Kim and Adrian play pool because what else do you do at the Mystic <laughs> Grill except for eat and drink? <laughs> they're not from this town, right? There aren't any other werewolves native to Mystic Falls. So they came from out of town with Klaus yeah. and immediately clocked that this is the only place to have any sort of social interaction and pool <laughs> is the only thing we can do here. <laughs> so sad. That's the truly <laughs> evil thing. Klaus trapped them in this one-horse town. I was in Chicago, dude. I was in, like, <laughs> some of the most bustling nightlife in the U.S. So Haley warns Tyler that Kim and Adrian are going to get them all killed. Because as they said, Adrian is a liability, still being sired to Klaus. Tyler says that, well, Kim has a point. Like, I can't make the hybrids do what I say. Mm. But Haley argues that actually you can. Hybrids are werewolves first. And they have an instinctual pack-like nature. And a pack needs an alpha. You know, because of that whole debunked alpha wolf thing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. This was... so I, this is the thing. I, I choose to, <laughs> even though the supernatural thing is based based off a debunked fake wolf thing yeah it now becomes its own mythos now we can attribute yeah, which is all fine. that stuff just to werewolves which is fine because werewolves aren't real yeah <laughs> it's okay i'm happy to accept that i just wanted to cover my bases and point out to any of our listeners that yes we know it's been debunked yeah and all <laughs> the alpha life, wolf nonsense wolves. i mean anyone with a handful of brain cells would have encountered all these alpha bros and immediately gone none of this shit makes any sense <laughs> Haley warns Tyler that if a pack doesn't have a designated alpha, its members will start to challenge each other for dominance. And that's what Kim is doing. She's challenging Tyler's position as alpha by constantly going against his plans. So Tyler's like, okay, fine. I, I know how to do this. I was a jerk jock. I still remember my, my alpha bro training. <laughs> I can leverage that training for a purpose now. I can leverage it. <laughs> To benefit people. <laughs> Tyler, like, walking past the echoes of his past self, trying to assert dominance over Jeremy in the Mystic Grill all the time. Just the hallway with open doors, seeing, like, memories of his past fights. <laughs> Just, like, looking, absorbing the experience. <laughs> Channeling himself. Like you say, the way that, um, not Amy, you just said her name. Kim. 
You know what it is? It's that Alyssa Diaz is in the Nine Lives of Chloe King. The main character's mom in Nine Lives of Chloe King, the actress's name is Amy Peets. And that's where my brain went. And then I started calling her Amy. (laughs) The way Kim (laughs) frames it as like Tyler effectively replacing Klaus is incorrect. There's nothing inherently wrong with someone being a leader or with someone delegating or with someone calling out orders, right? Yeah. There are contexts for that. The issue with Klaus is not that he leads them. It's that he forces them to follow him, whether that be magically, whether that be through abuse or through force and menace. It's that he is a bad leader and he's a leader that you cannot choose to leave. So... If you choose to view what Tyler does in trying to get these hybrids to unsire themselves as some sort of, like, leadership, it's not an inherently bad thing. And he tries to assert dominance. He goes up to them and he's like, Adrian, stop playing pool. Go home and sleep. Because tomorrow, you're going to be turning over and over again. You've got business to get back to. And then Kim immediately tries to start a fight. (sighs) And Tyler stops and he's like, hey, this could get ugly. Mm. But I'm not going to let it get ugly. I'm going to give you one more warning. Challenge me again. And I'm going to throw hands. Mm-hmm. So then Kim is like, mm, okay. And she skulks <laughs> off with Adrian. And Adrian is like, oh, we're we going back to the stables where I've been turning. And Kim is like, no, I'm going to go pick a fight elsewhere. Oh, hey. They go to the Salvatore mansion where Elena, Bonnie, and Caroline are having a slumber party. They attack the trio and they manage to kidnap Caroline, who is at that point still going through her, her seasonal torturing arc. Yeah. Like every yeah. every season she gets captured and tortured and it's like, please leave the sweet girl alone. Leave her alone. Yeah. They capture Caroline and Tyler and Elena have to go and rescue her because I don't know what Bonnie is up to, but <laughs> <laughs> stuff with chain somewhere. Elena says Bonnie's locator spell wasn't working, and I was like, is it because the expression thing was still a budding storyline that her magic wasn't fully back? Because I don't see why she couldn't do a locator spell on someone like Kat. Like, you made her daylight ring. Yeah, you should be able to find her easily. Very easy to find her. But um, that's when Tyler and Elena, as they're walking through the woods to go and find Caroline, that's when they had that conversation about the sire bond and how it affects how you act, not how you feel. And it's like, okay. Again, crazy to be having this conversation. I'm off to go deal with the future of my pack that hangs in the balance. And you're asking me about your stupid love story. It just it pisses <laughs> me off. Kim continues to torture Caroline to show tyler who's in charge and at first it does seem that she's she's picked caroline as a victim because she's tyler's girlfriend but once elena and tyler show up kim starts to up the ante adrian warns that hey klaus won't like this because you know he's got his own little thing for caroline Mm -hmm. and then kim switches motivations and she's like that's a good point actually klaus won't like this maybe i should just kill caroline This is the thing when you have a group of people and some people won't get in line on the shit that you need to do for the benefit of the group. You need somebody to draw the line. You need somebody to direct the focus. Because what are we doing here, Kim? (laughs) What's your goal? Kim acting up for no good reason. Elena tries to to save Caroline by offering herself up instead. She's like, I'm the doppelganger. I'm more valuable to Klaus than Caroline. This is my show. (laughs) Remember, I'm the main character. Elena, get your ass out of here. And then as Kim moves to torture Elena instead, Tyler vamp speeds at her and thrusts his hand into her chest. And the other hybrids who are with her and seem to be going along with her, they like try to go help her. And Tyler is like, stay back or I will kill her right now. Yep. Before any of you have a chance to cross the floor, I will tear her heart out. 
Yeah. And he tells them that Kim put you all at risk by going against our plan. But unlike Klaus, I'm not going to kill and torture the people who are on my side in order to get what I want. And he tells them that despite breaking the Sire Bond, they aren't free yet. The only way for them to actually be free is to work together. But nobody can step out of line and they are either with him or against him. There you go. And then he turns to Kim and tells her to submit or die. And his fist is still like crushing her heart yeah. in her chest cavity while he's saying all this. So she apologizes and submits. She's already in a kneeling position because of the scuffle. And then the rest of the pack all kneel before Tyler, accepting him as their new alpha. Brilliant. And that is the final stage in his meta... Well, the final good stage in his <laughs> metamorphosis where he becomes the alpha of his own pack. It is one of his best scenes. It really is like a culmination of like a lot of journey and work that Tyler's been doing. And especially you started off the the season with like his discussion about being on a team and putting yourself on the line. Yeah. And when you start off the season, you would think the context would be being more involved with the MFG and being more contributive because prior to that, he's not as involved in their story. A lot of season one is just like, regular human shit that he's going through season two he's discovering more about being a werewolf largely by himself and then with caroline and then with jules season three he's with klaus is the thing he becomes a hybrid and he's with klaus for most of that season and only in the end does he now become like a part of the MFG in terms of their supernatural exploits? So you would think at the beginning of season four, that's what he's talking about. And then you see the story shift. And then you see this plot of the hybrids forming. It's like, no, he's got a whole new team to focus on and not just be a part of, to now lead. It's just such a like meteoric rise for this character. And I very much love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful transformation from the selfish, bully, stereotypical, you know, messing Vicky around, disrespecting Matt, beating up Jeremy. (laughs) 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 To then, you know, the the boy who lost his father and, and then lost his uncle and didn't really know where his place was to have found this pack and this family of people who need him Mm. and who are now, you know, declaring loyalty to him, or at least loyalty to to the group that he's trying to lead. It's it's wonderful. It's it's his apex, yeah. and it's a shame that he's still in the show after his yeah, apex. Because you know what that it. means. <laughs> <laughs> then we come to the next episode. Yeah. The pride cometh before the fall. It truly <laughs> does. It's physics. When you when you throw an object up, it reaches that <laughs> maximum height. And then it starts to come down. At maximum height, velocity equals zero. And then you must submit to gravity. Just accelerating towards the Earth at, what is it, 9.8 meters per second? Something like that. That's what it was back when I was in school. Minus 9.82. It's like minus 9.816. It's a longer number, but they simplify Uh, it for, like, the lower grade you are dealing with kinematics. When we were in school, um, they told us that, oh, back in the day, we used to just say 10, but that's inaccurate. Mm. So now we're going to say 9.8. And we were like, okay. I would have made our calculations easier if you kept it the old (laughs) way, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) The principle effectively is the same. It's just a matter of accuracy. Yeah, so... 
honestly. It's like when we learn that the planets rotate around the sun and then it's like, well, actually it's a bit more complex than that. They don't just spin around in a circle. Their orbits are three-dimensional. So while they're going around, they're also on an upward or a downward trajectory. And then we learn that it's not just that. Our solar system is also doing that within our galaxy, circling around the sort of galaxy body. And our galaxy itself is also moving through space. So as our planets circle and as our uh, solar system circles within the galaxy it's not just a circle it's helical it's like a spiral because we're also in a larger linear trajectory so we're corkscrewing our way through space everything is just simplified for you at a younger age and the further you pursue that study you learn or rather unlearn certain truths and learn the more accurate ones. I remember seeing someone online being like, okay, but tell me that the mitochondria is still the powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least let me keep this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> let me hold on to at least one infallible truth of my youth. <laughs> oh, um, man. Oh, that's a fun newfound glory song, Truth of My Youth. It, this is not important. This is late wave pop punk. This is not for anybody <laughs> listening. I referenced Blink-182 last week and I was like, why the hell did I do that? <laughs> People love Blink though. Everybody knows, um, where are you? And I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love that you changed the accent. That that was probably on Jeremy's playlist in season <laughs> Jeremy was definitely listening to I Miss You by Blink-182 crying about <laughs> Vicky. <laughs> so in our Christmas special episode called Oh Come <sighs> All Ye Faithful, Klaus is painting as usual. Nobody cares. Uh, cares. He orders Adrian to take the painting to the Mystic Grill for the Winter Wonderland thingamabob that's happening later and adrian is not doing a very good job of pretending to still be sad because he's immediately like he's like really this menial <laughs> task is what you're sending me to do this is why you called me over <laughs> to be a delivery boy what should have been mandatory as part of the unsiring course is a class 101 acting <laughs> just like a little bit of improv a little bit of dramatic acting just to sell the story guys this is life and death klaus's inner poc parent comes out he like glowers at adrian he's like what i want you to do is follow instructions without the attitude <laughs> <laughs> and adrian's like mm, okay yes sir well, and he fine. takes the painting and he goes this is what i i put a pin in earlier with the harriet tubman reference because uh <laughs> stefan makes a sarcastic comment he's like you know abraham lincoln freed the slaves class <laughs> which, which i was like stefan your brother fought in the confederate army be One. quiet <laughs> abraham lincoln gets far too much credit he wrote a paper okay great the actual freeing was done by black folks so let's not let's retire that one also this conversation is being had around three white people <laughs> <laughs> crazy work going on in the southern town of mystic falls i was like stefan bold of you to ever even reference slaves being freed listen stefan fought in the civil rights movement <laughs> i guess he can say whatever he wants <laughs> he probably did it because once again he was like i need to atone for damon's sins and damon was in the confederacy hey klaus in a, a bit of eerie foreshadowing tells stefan oh, what's the point of having hybrid sired to me if i can't enjoy the benefits of free labor oh. basically highlighting that these people are meaningless if I can't control their every action. Yeah. Adrian meets up with the rest of the pack and grumbles about, you know, still having to pretend to be obedient to Klaus. 
this guy, am I right? Grinning with his thumb. It's like, dude, I'm like, Adrian, up. you got freed like yesterday. Why are you acting like you've been waiting forever? <laughs> you can wait like a week longer, buddy. And Tyler tells them that, no worry, it, it, it won't be long. But Kim, even though, you know, she submitted the previous episode, she's still got to be snarky and she's growing impatient. Until Haley turns up and she's like, hey guys, I found the witch that's going to save you all from Klaus. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and later, as the preparations for the Winter Wonderland parade are underway, Tyler tells Caroline his and Haley's plan. That Haley has, apparently, found them a witch who will place Klaus's spirit, his essence, his psyche, into Tyler's body. And then they will trap the body by encasing it in concrete. Caroline is, obviously, vehemently against the idea. But Tyler's like, no, no, it's not forever. It's just, like, long enough to give the hybrids a head start so they can get away and basically all become Catherine Pierce's. And Caroline is still not enthusiastic, but Tyler says, this all started with me and it has to end with me. Which I was like, oh, how, how, how poetic. You are the first hybrid. You yes. are the reason that Klaus understood the mechanics of all of this and was able to do all of this. And you were the first one who proved the Cyrobond could be broken mm-hmm. and led all of these these hybrids to freedom. So I was like, nah, I get you, Tyler. I get you. And he asks Caroline to support his decision. Caroline is still not thrilled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure, his life is fully in danger. So I get it. But also, it's like, you got to be with him on this. This is the only way. Yeah, she tries to take his side. She, for, for example, she tells Stefan, who in that episode is looking for the hunter's sword because they need to use it to find the cure for vampirism. She's like, uh, yeah, you know how you, you know Klaus has the sword, but you don't know where? You kind of need to get it from him by day's end. <laughs> Because after today, we're going to get rid of Klaus. God. And Stefan breaks into the safe in Klaus's house, and the sword is gone. Which I'm like, yeah, Klaus is not an idiot. He knows you saw him take it out of the safe. You think he was going to put it back? Why would he ever (laughs) let you get to it again? And Stefan calls Damon and tells him that, oh, well, you know, the sword has been moved, and Tyler and the hybrids are taking down Klaus tonight. And Damon, as usual, suggests just killing Tyler to prevent him from Mm. taking out Klaus and getting in the way of their plan. God. In another bit of foreshadowing, Damon suggests, alternatively, that they can just tell Klaus what Tyler and the hybrids are up to and he'll probably kill them all himself it's like is it really this important as a proponent of like actually no not as a proponent because I was not about Elena being human again is it really that important that Elena be human again such that we're just gonna throw everybody else under the bus and I guess the answer is yes right because it's the Salvatore brothers of course that's what they're gonna do yeah Tyler and Matt at the very bottom of the list of named characters that Damon cares about yeah so Caroline meets up with Stefan outside the grill, and having failed to locate the sword, Stefan is like, well, we'll have to ask Tyler to call off his little coup. And then Tyler suddenly appears behind them, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to do that. that. I'm not halting my plans because of you guys and your main character syndrome. Right. <laughs> like, we've got real shit going on over here in the side plot, and we're doing it now. I was a little surprised that he was upset that Caroline had told Stefan about the plan. I was like, oh, I didn't. Remember you swearing her to secrecy, but maybe it was implied. I was going to ask if like when you said Caroline told Stefan, I'm like, was it not an obvious secret? It's like, no, we can't tell anyone we're taking Klaus down. If he finds out, he'll kill everybody. I, I don't expect Tyler to say that. I expect it to be understood. <laughs> I'm honestly like baffled that Caroline went and spilled the beans to Stefan because then it's going to get around. And of course, it's going to get back to Klaus because they're working with him. I guess, yeah, that's fair. But I, I was 
just like, oh, I, I honestly didn't realize she was doing anything wrong when she told Stefan. But I guess knowing the people involved, it's like, yeah, she might trust Stefan and they're obviously besties at this point. Right. But Stefan will always put Elena first and, you know, Damon as well, which means he'd tell them if he felt he needed right. to. And, and you, then Damon as Caroline, would should ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should be aware of the dynamics in your friendship that, like, this is going to put not just your boyfriend in danger, but all of the hybrids. So, yeah, no, it's kind of who. Tyler tells her, he's like, we've been keeping this secret for months and you go and blab to Stefan the first, the first opportunity you get. Yeah. Stefan pleads for some more time and Tyler's like, no, like how much more time? An hour, a day, a week? Because every moment we delay this, I'm putting my team at risk. And he really is cementing his position as, look, you guys can have your little Mystic Falls group. I am loyal to my pack and I'm not going to sacrifice them for you guys. Yeah. He reminds Stefan that you already served up one of Klaus's hybrids for Jeremy to kill. And he tells Stefan that he doesn't owe him anything. And I'm like, damn, okay, Tyler, look at you. (laughs) Assert your dominance. What can these guys do to you, personally? You're stronger than all of them, effectively. This has been established. Stefan does try to stop Tyler from leaving, but then the other hybrids show up and it's like, yeah, you're outnumbered, and also one bite from any of these people will kill kill you and Caroline. (laughs) I roll deep now. I run with my homies, okay? (laughs) The hybrids take Caroline and Stefan to the the slave seller. I think it's the slave seller. These sellers all look the same now, but I think it's the slave seller because it has gates. Yeah. (laughs) Then Tyler goes to talk to his mother and tell her of the plan, which I'm like, I guess you were sworn to secrecy and that's why you're only telling Carol now. But shame, dude. You know, like, talk to your mom. <laughs> she's <laughs> unlike your girlfriend and your other friends. She's not immortal. So your plans and how much time they might take and how long you'll be gone will affect her more than anyone else. But there's this lovely scene where despite Carol being shell-shocked at first, Tyler points out that he's the pack's alpha and the pack is looking to him for help. And Carol agrees that, yeah, he should do what he has to do. And she tells him that his father would be proud of him because he's become a leader of people just like Richard was. And I was like, I mean, Richard is a low bar to set, but yeah. I, I understand the set. <laughs> I get you're trying. I get what you're trying to do. It's all right. <laughs> but I just, I think it's, it's a, uh, despite the way they chose to make Carol phrase it, it's this lovely moment of his mother, who herself is a mentor. I'm like, you could have just mentioned yourself. You've been mayor. Carol Lockwood is mayor for longer than Richard longer Lockwood than... is. At least on the show, yeah. (laughs) So they could have just had her, like, use herself as a reference. But it is this lovely moment of being like, yeah, you have become what you were born to be. Yeah, you become your father's son and your mother's son. You're fulfilling the Lockwood legacy, but in the best way possible. Not just this douchey, jerky alpha male who's mayor because you bullied your way into power and you just inherited all the stuff through privilege, but because you've truly worked to become a better, stronger person, a wiser leader, and someone who takes care of the people who you're responsible for yeah i just like that that was the that was the peak of tyler in his alpha era and again a side character making a monologue about how much they care about (laughs) the main character it's like when did she get this much dialogue last time i can't remember (laughs) oh no i don't the the last time she and tyler had a conversation like this was probably like just after richard had died hmm when she was telling him, oh, you know, I, you can hate him and love him at the same time. It was complicated. I don't want you to feel alone. So, yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of anime. So I didn't know this trope <laughs> of when you when you speak a lot more than you ever have. It's a sign that the, the sands in your hourglass are running out. <laughs> it's a shonen anime thing because shonen anime usually have like ensemble casts. But it ends up being uh, just about the main protagonist and maybe his like two sidekicks. Never the girl, though. She doesn't get any background or motivation 
motivations. Um, and there'll be like other characters who exist in this world and also have like, I don't know, powers or like fighting skills or whatever the show's about. And it's like, if you exist in an anime world where characters can just die, if you're a side character and suddenly you're getting like central spotlight and you're getting tons of dialogue and you're getting a lot of stuff about how you want to live to see tomorrow and you <laughs> care for all your friends and you're not about to back down your death warrant has been signed <laughs> <laughs> and how because while being kept in the the creepy cellar dungeon thing stefan gets a phone call from damon who has just learned that professor shane can lead them to the tomb without the hunter's sword so they don't need to worry about tyler and the hybrids messing with their plans by taking down klaus so stefan tells caroline that they don't need klaus anymore and the hybrids surprisingly let them go. I'm like, I mean, you could have just been lying to them, but <laughs> but I listen. The hybrids are like, oh, it's fine. We we trust you now. You we tr- it's a, you were opposing us. You're now saying, hey, listen, it's all good. You can carry on with your plan. That's all we need to hear. I respect it. So that night, Caroline uh, confronts Tyler and Haley in the bathroom in the Mystic Grill, yeah. um, and she's like, hey. What if we put Klaus's essence, his soul, into Rebecca's currently daggered body instead of putting it into Tyler? This way, Tyler will be spared and Klaus will be successfully imprisoned. It's a good plan that I'm surprised they never bring up again. Again, It yeah. gets brought up in the originals, but like for the remainder of Klaus's time in this show as a threat, nobody ever suggests they try that again. <laughs> Haley, for some odd reason, is like, no, it's too late to change the plan. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Tyler is like, no, that's a good plan, Haley. What's Genius, your problem? Actually. Then he makes the mistake of leaving Caroline alone to call mm. Bonnie and just verify if the plan will work because Bonnie's the witch. Um, while he goes to tell his mom that, oh, I won't have to sacrifice myself after all. Meanwhile, <laughs> no one notices Haley turning away to like furiously text Professor Shane. On her oh, little slide chatterbox <laughs> with the sideways keyboard. Okay, Haley. Shane just texts her back, fix it, because he's busy doing his own storyline with Bonnie at that moment. But Bonnie does tell Caroline that, yeah, um, if you put Klaus's essence into a daggered original body, the body should remain daggered. So the plan should work. And then Caroline's like, yay, Haley, our plan's going to work. And Haley's like, yeah, yay. I gathered. And then snaps her neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but initially, first watch started in season three, went forward. That surprised me. I didn't realize werewolves in their human form had enough strength to be like, I snap a vampire's neck. Or, well, maybe it wasn't that part. Maybe it was that Caroline didn't see it coming. But then that ceases to be like a thing going forward that like vampires very easily are surprised by regular people in this show. Yeah. Something about that just didn't surprise me of like, should she have been able to get away with that? But it's fine. Werewolves in human form in this world do have a degree of super strength and even super speed. We don't usually see it, but Jules did run away at super speed when Elijah turned up. They all run at super speed in that scene and it's very awkward and it's never done again and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I I would have preferred if their speed was more like Usain Bolt, but not like (laughs) the Flash. (laughs) Not vibrating blurs of motion. It's at like a third of the Flash's speed, so you can see them physically moving and it's so awkward. Whereas like vampires, it's like a blur and it's so fast that you barely catch it. You can actually picture the the actor like walking at a normal pace and then someone in the editing bay (laughs) Hitting times two, times three. It's so, so awkward. <laughs> Which I guess they're magic, but I'm like, is that how acceleration works? <laughs> I don't also, think so. Is this worth it? <laughs> Haley then walks out, 
finds Klaus and tells him, Hi. So all of your hybrids have been unsired and they're conspiring against you. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Didn't, didn't ask for anything. I'm not trying to get anything. Just thought you should know. God damn it, Haley. And after briefly stopping to talk to Stefan, Klaus sees Adrian in the crowd and then allows the allows the young hybrid to lead him away because I guess that was part of the plan that the hybrids had concocted. I don't know why Klaus doesn't kill Adrian right away. Maybe he was like, no, no, I'm going to let you take me to your little friends. I think also it's what we spoke about last time about Klaus that like Klaus is always expecting to be double crossed, but when is his hybrids, he's bad. <laughs> Granted because of the sire bond, right? So they should be completely subservient to him but he's always baffled when they manage to get above that because he thinks they should just be loyal anyway <laughs> yeah so maybe he was still like why would he lead me away to kill me i need to see this for myself <laughs> <laughs> so then tyler walks around trying to locate his mother he doesn't find her but he does find Haley, and he's like wait why are you here shouldn't you be taking the witch to the other hybrids to you know trap klaus in rebecca's body i fully expected Haley to like lie or manipulate in this scene but she's yeah, just like i'm up. gonna be honest with you she's like tyler there's no witch i made the whole thing up i fully <laughs> sold you under the bus and all of your hybrid friends are about to die tonight so sorry this scene is it's so sad because it's it's interspersed with adrian leading klaus to the other hybrids where you know kim the only one who gets lines is like ugh. Where's Haley with that witch? Like, yeah. we've been waiting forever. Like, like what's, what's going on? And then as Adrian walks up to them, he cries out for Kim. And she turns just in time to see Klaus rip his heart from his yeah. body, killing him. She screams, no! And it's like, oh, gosh. And instead of running away, I do like that the hybrids still have this pack loyalty. That they, they fight. They try to protect each other. They don't all just, like... <laughs> disperse yeah which i mean maybe scattering is also a tactic that you can use sometimes yeah lead him you can't he can't chase all of you at least not within the next like <laughs> hour but no they stick together but also maybe one of them was thinking if i can just snap his neck i'll buy us like a good hour while he regenerates but yeah klaus is holding the hunter's sword if he was following adrian i don't know when he had time to pick up the sword <laughs> Because he didn't have it when he left Stefan. <laughs> he pulled it out of his ass. <laughs> You're smuggling that shit airport drug style. <laughs> Listen, he's been around for a thousand years. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what he's, he's done? He's done it all. Klaus, the original hybrid, visibly enraged, wielding the hunter's sword. He starts to decapitate them, tear their hearts he on their bodies. decimates them. They're fighting back but losing. And all the while, this is switching back and forth between Haley explaining to Tyler that, yeah, I had no intention of imprisoning Klaus because I actually needed him for the sacrifice, quote unquote. And she tells him that she made a deal to find her family. And she confesses she manipulated Tyler into incurring Klaus's wrath by freeing his hybrids. I have to assume, because at the end of this little speech, she says, Tyler, if you leave now, you might still make it out alive. I have to assume that if she felt this loyalty to Tyler, maybe she also felt it towards Chris and Dean. And because the sacrifice only needed 12 hybrids, she was always going to spare the few that were important to her. I mean, but she doesn't say that to... Shane, are Chris and Dean still alive at the time she says that? No, by the time she talks to Shane, Chris and Dean are dead. Oh, okay, yeah. So potentially she was like, listen, we've got 12 outside of these, my friends. Screw the rest of those yeah. guys. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. She was like, forget the rest of them. Frankly, Kim is annoying. Yeah, like, <laughs> honestly, I was ready for you to kill that bitch, but you chose to be diplomatic. And I respect that, but... I could give or take any of them. Yeah, it sucks. That whole scene, there's some really sad music playing the whole time. Oh yeah, it's this it's this cover of Oh Holy Night. I think That's it's by it the is. Carey Brothers. It's this haunting cover of Oh Holy Night. Because I had like the episode recorded <laughs> on PVR back in the day. I think I watched that scene so many times that to this day when I sing Oh Holy Night, and not even that version, just any rendition of Holy Oh Holy Night in front of my mother, she's like, now I'm getting images of this Klaus character <laughs> killing all of his <laughs> underlings. <laughs> I traumatized my mom. <laughs> That's a core memory for her now. <laughs> That's wild. But yeah, he decimates them kim drags herself away into the slave cellar trying to get away i'm like girl i don't know whether you thought this a cellar would have another exit frankly (laughs) silly of you to make that assumption (laughs) desperation klaus immediately finds her in the cellar he can hear her gasping as she tries to get away and he goes to her and asks where tyler lockwood is he frames it as though if she tells him he'll spare her and i'm like oh please All he really tells her is, you do well to answer me when he asks. But of course, either way, she doesn't know. So she just tells him, I don't know. And then he decapitates her. Yeah, because like you said, they're useless to him now that they don't serve him. So they all get to die. Yep. It's wild that the season began with Klaus saying, I'll protect you, Tyler, even though you betrayed me and conspired against me at the end of last season. Because we hybrids, we're a dying breed and we need to stick together, man. Kills to, his oh, breed. I see. I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe you out. <laughs> I'm gonna genocide my own species because they won't serve me. What's also heartbreaking is Tyler arrives too late to help his pack. Klaus is long gone by then. He just finds all their butchered remains, Kim's headless body inside of the slave cellar, and you can see how crushed he is that not only has he been betrayed by someone he trusted to be his friend, Haley, but he's also failed the rest of his friends by essentially leading them all to their deaths. Yeah, it sucks. It's like, it's the collapse of everything that he was working towards. It's awful. And I feel even worse knowing that the rest of the Mystic Falls gang is not going to care. They're like, oh, 12 hybrids were killed? I didn't even know there were that many. I thought there were six of you. I guess I was just... (laughs) Couldn't tell you a single one of their names. So, yeah, that's the end of Tyler's status as the Alpha. He no longer has a pack. And... To cap it all off. Insult to injury. At the end of the winter parade, Carol Lockwood is wandering alone through the town square. She's somewhat drunk. She's trying to call Tyler, leaving him a voicemail saying, Oh, Tyler, where are you? You're supposed to be my my sober ride home. She sits down by a fountain and then Klaus arrives. (sighs) He is still just high on vibrating with tranquil fury. (laughs) He's splattered in the blood of his dead hybrids. He's so calm. He greets Carol, who's not an idiot, and immediately realizes that something is up. She's actually more concerned for Tyler in that moment, I guess, because she knows that Tyler was up to something today. And Klaus is like, oh, if you're looking for Tyler, (laughs) I'd love to find him myself. I'd also like a word (laughs) with him. (laughs) Maybe we can help each other form a search party. Carol just meekly 
begs him not to hurt Tyler, saying that, you know, he's her son and he's all that she has. And I'm like, yeah, this woman has lost so many of her friends and co-workers in the town council. She's lost her husband. Yeah. She she's hanging by a thread in this insane town that she's been tasked with protecting. And now you're threatening her last family member. And then Klaus is like, you know, as an artist. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can appreciate a bit of poetic irony. (laughs) He can appreciate poetic irony and just the symmetry of how, while Tyler is all that Carol has, she is all that he has, at least family-wise, now that he has decimated Tyler's pack. And so he grabs her and drowns her in the nearby fountain. It's a sad and violent ending. Yeah. It's... Less violent than some of the other things we've seen Klaus do, but because Carol is just a human in this world of otherwise supernatural beings, or at least, you know, Sheriff Forbes, who's a cop with a gun and some training, it's it's really so sad, and I felt terrible pity for her, like, watching her be like, oh, there's no way that she can fight back against Klaus, he has super strength, no one's here to protect her. Also, drowning is such a visceral way to go, and it's such a painful, yeah. by all accounts, way to go, it is not quick because your body is fighting to take in a breath right up until the last moment. It's terrible. That scene was shot with a stunt double. Don't know if you knew that. Oh! Well, I actually, now that I think about it, I don't think they would be putting Susan Walters yeah. into the water. <laughs> you can't do that to your talent. The close-up <laughs> scenes with her face, as viewed from inside the water, were done in, like, a pool with a camera. But the shots from outside where Klaus is holding her down, those She's were done thrashing with thrashing and the water's bubbling. Crazy. Yeah. And then Klaus just leaves her there and walks away. Mystic Falls has now lost its second Mayor Lockwood in as many years because seasons one, two, three, and four are all are just all over two in years. two years. Yeah, yeah. I think about that that death sometimes and just go, who found her the morning after, or was it just someone who was Oof. wandering, cleaning up for whatever event was happening at the Street time? Sweeper who just sees the mayor dead. It's just tragic. Tyler is now an orphan. Liz Forbes is now the only parent left to this group because Alaric is still dead at this point. He's got no pack members, no family. It is not good for Tyler after this. He is devastated by the loss of his mother. He's also understandably uncomfortable with the implication, to the public at least, you know, the locals. That she was just some drunkard who fell into the water. That she just drowned. (laughs) Which is just like, oh no. You couldn't come up with like a better excuse, guys. Like, come on, guys. She's already dead. You could have lied about anything. You could have said she had had an aneurysm or a heart attack. attack. This is the thing. She was the one who spanned stories. There's no one to spin the story anymore. But I mean, Liz? All the Mystic Falls gang knows how to do is spin a story for someone who's expected to leave town. (laughs) All they have to do is grab a phone and fake a text and be like, I'm in the Maldives. And it's like, oh yeah, Jackson's always going to strange island (laughs) towns without a word. It's fine. (laughs) But when it comes to cover-ups and they make a point of it in this season, she's like, we need to sell a story to the public. You just got shot in front of everybody. We're taking you to a mm. hospital. Even in season... Th- no, season two, when he kills Sarah by accident. Caroline's just like, it's an accident, whatever, whatever. And it's Carol who's like, we still need to cover it up. We will not have this touch, Tyler or the family. So, like, she's the one who was on top of that. And now there's no one to do it. R.I.P. Mayor Lockwood 2.0. R.I.P., man. We love our problematic icons. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
this is the episode in which Rebecca uh, kidnaps and compels Elena, Stefan, and Caroline to just interrogate them and then bully Stelena about their failed relationship. Boo, boring, <laughs> don't care, Rebecca fell off. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> she uses Tyler as a tool in this episode by compelling him to turn into wolf form so that he'll lose control and be a danger to his vampire friends because she also compels the vampires to not be allowed to leave the school. I was amazed that they were off Bervain at this point. I was like, I don't know why you stopped, but okay. Didn't they? I, I can't remember because they burn a bunch of it at the beginning of the season. In oh, Pastor yeah, Young's yeah, yeah, suicide. yeah. Pastor Young burns with it and they don't get more until Bonnie's father shows up. Yeah. But yeah, that episode just ends with eventually Tyler doesn't hurt any of them, but Caroline finds him in human form after he changes back and he's just distraught and sobbing that he should have saved her. It's like, it's sad that because of, because of his, what was that? That was a bird, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was like, did I just hear a hearty dog? Hearty dog just <laughs> flew so close by and I was too stunned to say anything about it. I just... <laughs> I'm I'm South African. I know a hard. Uh, you I know am. how it is. I might leave that in because that's kind of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say it's sad that Tyler, in his mind, because of obviously you know he's got superpowers, saw himself as as his mother's protector, and he feels so ashamed at having failed to save her. Whereas I'm like, you know, she's a parent. I think she would have wanted to protect you actually and she she did try in like as much as she could yeah i mean that's part of that masculinity right is that like you are the protector of the home especially as the one man of the house left it's very rick and jeremy at the end of season two when elena and jen are embroiled in the whole sacrifice plot where it's like they carry so much guilt because they weren't there to protect their loved ones yeah it makes sense but Tyler is just on a downward spiral for the rest of the season. Uh, the rest of the gang is just hunting for the cure the whole time. Yeah. While he has now devoted himself to killing Klaus. Klaus is trapped in the, the Gilbert living room because of Bonnie's spell. And Tyler is like gloating that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find that cure. The moment we get our throat. hands on that cure, you're going down, buddy. <laughs> yeah, make you, make you a mortal werewolf and kill you. And then... Klaus tries to like bluff his way out. He's like, I'm an original. And when I die, everyone in my sire line dies. So how do you know that when I get cured, everyone in my sire line will get, won't get cured and you'll go back to being a werewolf? It's a reasonable extrapolation, even if you're just bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> but Tyler calls bullshit. Like, no, actually, I think that when you're cured, your connection to all your vampire progeny will fall away mm. and I can kill you without worrying that it's going to affect anyone else. This is also the episode where, mainly in order to get back at Tyler for gloating, Klaus bites Caroline. Yep. Um, oh, second time, people. <laughs> second time, Klaus has engineered Caroline getting a werewolf bite. <laughs> Tyler, who has been, you know, gloating all day, but yeah, I'm going to kill this man, immediately is like, fine, I will subjugate myself prostrate myself before you again and be like i'm nothing before you klaus i will serve you and be your slave just please save the woman that i love yeah and after after letting him beg for a few minutes klaus is like no i'm not going to <laughs> you get to watch her die but tyler turns it on him and he's like no you know you can watch her die and he leaves caroline there you actually don't see tyler for the rest of that episode i hadn't realized that he really gambled and was like, I know Klaus won't be able to let Caroline die. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. He he walks Caroline in bridal style once again and places her on the living room couch in view of Klaus. It's a really good move, I have to say. And then he just walks out and yep. you don't see him for yep. the rest of the episode. 
Tyler does have a good moment before he has to run off. Uh, he's the one who figures out that the handle of the sword is a cryptex. He doesn't yes. know the word, Caroline does. But he figures out that that's what they need to use to transcribe Jeremy's tattoo into English. And then while Klaus is sitting there reading Aramaic over their shoulder, yeah. he learns that, oh, there's only one dose of the cure. Yeah. And I like that Tyler knows the Mystic Falls gang so well that he immediately is like, there's no way that they'll sacrifice Elena's happiness to just, you know, let us kill Klaus, this dangerous enemy who's been harassing Who us for a year. is a threat to everyone actively. Yes. He's immediately like, well, if there's one dose, then I'm not getting it. And that means I'm screwed. Yeah. Because Klaus is going to get out of here eventually and kill me. Sucks to be a side character in this universe, honestly. <laughs> and Caroline tries to beg for Tyler's life, but Klaus isn't in the mood right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. I, I have to kill Tyler to uphold my reputation. That's what I want to. <laughs> <laughs> of what <laughs> yeah i guess it's like well klaus let that one guy go so i guess he's kind of gone solved yeah but yeah. it's like all you need to do is just kill whoever says that and reputation established. <laughs> i think it's a real crazy thing to be like this one teenager from mystic falls virginia is gonna ruin my whole reputation he could have even said i didn't kill him because i didn't want to be the only hybrid left in the world you know like mm. I kept him alive for the purpose of legacy. He was my yeah. first hybrid. I was like, my, my art. <laughs> yeah, my work must maintain, even though he deemed to disrespect me and to betray me, my mercy as such a powerful lord of vampirism. Yeah. In the end, he only agrees to give Tyler a head start before he hunts him down. <sighs> Which is and how... so Tyler and Caroline had to say goodbye for like the umpteenth time. God. <laughs> even Caroline points it out. She's like, I can't believe we have to say goodbye again. Again? Every time that Tyler and Caroline have to split up, it's because of Klaus. The first time is because he has to unsire himself from Klaus, who did force hybridism onto him. And now it's because Klaus wants him dead and he has to run. So I just want to stake a flag there. <laughs> and then we keep going. We don't see Tyler for the rest of the season, really. We do. There are echoes of his presence. Mm -hmm. We get a phone call. Three important things. Yeah. Uh, Caroline calls him just to let him know that, oh, Jeremy has died. I didn't <sighs> want to have to tell you this on a voicemail, but you're not picking up. So, yeah, everything has turned to shit. I really, really miss you. But obviously, Tyler isn't picking up. Then later on, she gets a letter from Tyler through Matt saying that he has signed over the Lockwood Manor to Matt Donovan, which I'm like, wow, Matt, look at you moving on. <laughs> really kind of cementing that like, oh, he's not coming back, at least not for a while. He explains that, you know, because Matt is human, the house being in his name means that Caroline will be protected from vampires, i.e. Klaus. And she's she's devastated that this means that he's he's really not coming back. The final thing that relates to Tyler is eventually Haley runs into Klaus. Um, she's trying to evade. <laughs> she's trying to evade Catherine's minions who've been sent to kill her. She reveals that she went to New Orleans because Professor Shane gave her that info on her family. And Catherine Pierce finds her there. And for some reason, that's never explained, she voluntarily tells Catherine that, oh, the Mystic Falls gang is looking for the cure this season. Go have fun Does with that. Does she tell Catherine that? Yes, it's said that Why? she's the one who, who said, I have no idea. Because I always wondered, how did Catherine, I mean, I didn't question it because it's Catherine. She's always circling, 
She's always observing. And I said it in the Silas episode when we were charting the race to the cure, that at any moment between the discovery that the cure exists and her killing Jeremy, she could have impersonated Elena one time and gotten everything. So I never questioned it, but like Haley tells her? That's what they say. They say that she told Catherine what was going on and that because Catherine then knew that Haley knew what she was up to, she sent one of her vampire friends to kill her. Klaus saves Haley from this vampire friend and that is how they end up together doing their little yes spring flirtatious trading barbs <laughs> um <laughs> in that scene Haley does show that she still cares for tyler she tries to tell klaus that you know if you let tyler go i'll give you the little bit of info that i have on Catherine. Tyler's freedom seems to still, or his well-being seems to still matter to her, even though she really screwed him over. Yeah. And technically she also got his mom killed, although I don't know if she knows that. I doubt she knows that. I doubt Klaus told her, oh yeah, after you left I killed your little boyfriend's <laughs> mom. How do you feel about that? For what it's worth, Klaus is like, no, I'm not pardoning Tyler. And then eventually they have their little no-strings-attached <laughs> one night of passion. <laughs> so crazy. Truly up until that point, I would have bought Klaus as asexual. <laughs> I, it it felt so odd to watch them. It felt odd with Caroline already because every interaction he has with Caroline, he seems like he's five years old all of a sudden. <laughs> so it's honestly just like really odd to watch them interact in a romantic capacity. And then with Haley, it was just like, really, Klaus? But, you know, whomst am I to make assumptions? Good for them. Springboard and a whole new show. What a powerful night that must have been. And afterwards, Klaus sees Haley's birthmark, her crescent-shaped birthmark, and is like, Oh, I know that mark. It's a hereditary birthmark. I'm one of those people who has very narrow ancestry and then make it my whole job to know everything about them. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Tyler is not around for the rest of the season. He, Except he, he briefly pops in on prom night. Just to give Caroline one special night. They dance for a bit and then he has to leave. They dance in her house. They're not even at the school. As he steps out, Klaus is there waiting for yeah, him. The whole energy of like being here at Klaus's whim. They talk about it, right? And it's painted as this irrational thing for Tyler. And if he would just, you know, get over that, then they could be together in a certain way. But it's like, who wants to live like that for the rest of their lives? Yeah. Like even on like a level of the masculinity that's always interwoven with their storylines just as a person living at the whim of somebody else it's like oh i can come back to my home because you deem to allow that of me absolutely not at that point klaus has not pardoned him yet so he tells him that you know for caroline's sake i'm gonna give you a head start and he starts counting down from five and tyler is gone before he gets past three <sighs> which i'm so... like yeah I, I would be too <laughs> like you know what? I'm going to double back too because I was like, regardless on the level of masculinity, it is an emasculation as well in yeah. this scene of like, his goal is to emasculate Tyler in front of Caroline. It's really gross and weird. It always has been. Even in season three, when he didn't know that Tyler was unsired, he was yeah. like, oh, hi, you guys are dancing at your, you teenagers dancing at your high school yeah. wall. Move aside, Tyler. I want to dance with your girlfriend. Hand your you can't girlfriend say no. over to me. Like... At the end of the season, before he leaves the show for, well, seemingly for good, Klaus tells Caroline, oh, Tyler has my permission to return to Mystic Falls safely. And then he has the audacity to say that infamous line that Tyler is your first love, but I intend to be your last. If and I'm I like, firstly, her first love was Matt. One, <laughs> one, because let's not act. We like to forget Matt's legacy. And you know what? Fair enough. I understand y'all, but don't play in my face. 
We know Matt was first. <laughs> but that's where season four ends for Tyler. And season five is just a lot of presence, but not really doing anything. It's he a is lot still... of nothing. It's a lot of nothing. Caroline is going to college. She really wants him to come, but eventually she realizes that that's her dream. Tyler is not interested in pursuing a tertiary education. He's interested in pursuing Klaus. Yeah. And trying to destroy this immortal (laughs) man who can't be killed by any conventional means. And is fully in a different show at this point. Is fully no longer (laughs) a plot point in this. He's gone! He's gone! gone. And Caroline eventually is pushed so far that she she begs Tyler to, to please just stay with her and just love her more than he hates Klaus. And Tyler just can't do it. He tells her that he can't do that. And she gives him an ultimatum. She's like, okay, if you leave town again that's it i'm not waiting for you anymore because by this time by this point she's tired of saying all the goodbyes and she's like we are done if you if you choose to go after klaus you are choosing your enmity over our romantic relationship and tyler goes because i mean i sympathize with him his mother died like just a few months ago and the man who murdered her is just running around free as he has been wreaking havoc for a thousand years and he does tell caroline at this point is when he tells caroline the only reason we're together right now which you're so happy about is because klaus allowed Allowed us to be together like how can you accept that of the person who killed your whole pack and your last living parent like obviously i understand that it's like choose love choose healing choose the way forward but it's not always that easy yeah especially when you've been wronged in such a way it's just like how can you expect him to let go of klaus and the thing too about this narrative is that klaus has the benefit of like i'm on a new show now I'm not even here to be the antagonist. My antagonism is now removed of myself, right? I'm dealing with shit in New Orleans. And so Tyler's beef seems more irrational by that nature. I don't know. He has very reasonable, rational motivation and anger, but it seems insane because the person who's ruined his life isn't even within eyeshot, earshot, isn't in town. So it just sucks that, like, everything about his life gets so torpedoed, even to the point where he's losing his girlfriend now because of this man who's not even here anymore. It just sucks. (laughs) It sucks so hard for a character who had such a meteoric rise the season prior for him to just lose everything and then collapse as a character because there's nothing for him to do now. And for someone like me who really loved the Tyler and Caroline relationship, you know, how it started, how it blossomed, how they they mirrored each other's arcs, it was sad to see that Klaus really was just the thing that ruined it all in the end. (laughs) It really is him. And speaking of spin-off shows, I I, I briefly mentioned in the the first half that uh, I I think we discussed Faith from Buffy. I alluded to a comparison between Tyler and Faith because... It should actually have been Tyler and Buffy, more so. Spoilers for those of you who might want to watch Buffy. This is the spoiler for season four of Buffy and season one of Angel? Season of one, Angel, yes. Season one? Yeah. Faith screws around with Buffy's life in season four. Um, <sighs> switches bodies with her. Sleeps with her boyfriend while yeah. in Buffy's body. Um, <laughs> they switch back. And Buffy is understandably Notably furious. Notably not the first time Faith has done, like, sexual coercion. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But it's so messed up. And Faith flees, the t- like, she, she leaves town. She runs away from Sunnydale. She runs all the way into the spin-off show, Angel. <laughs> and Buffy is so furious, she follows, follows her, her the spin-off show. <laughs> 
I just I love the idea of someone <laughs> someone's wrath being so so powerful that they're like, you are not gonna escape me by going You're to a different TV away, show. Bitch. <laughs> the barriers of television will not stop me. <laughs> so in a similar fashion, Tyler follows Klaus to New Orleans. But it's not just Klaus, it's also Haley dealing with her own stuff. Yeah. And Tyler, of course, by this point, their friendship is truly over. Haley is a bit sympathetic. She understands that she did wrong, but at that point she's got other priorities to worry about. And Tyler is just he, he's he's a villain from her point of view. Yeah, this is the thing too, is that now because he comes mid-season, Haley's already such a different character, episode one of the original yeah and now she has the benefit of like she's been fleshed out over these nine episodes she has her own story going on and she is a protagonist for the most part in this story in a similar way to klaus getting the benefit of absence tyler now seems like this insane monster chasing after her into this other show <laughs> when it's like no yes. Haley screwed him over and got all his friends killed thankfully for her Haley escapes tyler and tyler runs into klaus instead and they fight, and even though, you know, Tyler puts up a, a good show, he's of course no match for Klaus. The immortal hybrid. Almost kills Tyler, and then he's like, actually, no. I'm gonna let you live again with my permission, because I know this will further torment it's you. It's so bad for him. It's so bad for Tyler. It's the second time. Tyler tries to get his licks in where he can get them. He goes to Marcel, a character in the originals, and tries to conspire with him against Niklaus and the Michelsons and Haley, But for all his effort, he eventually gets captured and imprisoned in that creepy garden wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't have slave sellers in New Orleans. They got gardens. <laughs> They've got cemeteries. <laughs> he gets cemented and well, bricked up inside the wall, I guess left to desiccate for however long his punishment is. And that's where he remains canonically until he returns in episode 11 of The Vampire Diaries because Rebecca has sent him back to Matt as a parting gift. It was her way of saying, Matt, we had fun, but I'm going to be in the spin-off show now. Our little romance is over. Here's your BFF back. <laughs> what a nightmare. What a nightmare situation for that man. I don't... <sighs> the nail in the coffin for his and Caroline's relationship comes when Catherine, who's possessing Elena... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, listen. 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 <laughs> because Catherine's going to do what Catherine's going to do. Caroline... I don't want to, listen, I rarely hey, want to cast aspersions that... on Caroline, but Jesus Christ, Caroline. We can analyze that in a Caroline episode, because yeah, I have a lot to say about her as a character in-universe, and what the hell the writers were thinking, <laughs> and also this, this need to pander to the whims of fans, even when it doesn't serve your story. Long story short is possessing Elena, impersonating her, and sowing the seeds of discontent among the Mystic Falls gang. And she deliberately allows Tyler to overhear her talking to Caroline about the fact that Caroline slept with Klaus. It was after she and Tyler broke up. It was a one-night stand. It was in the woods? It was in the woods. The, the writers were throwing the Caroline shippers a bone before Klaus went off to New Orleans forever. It was meaningless for... Caroline and Klaus's relationship, if you want to call it that. Sure. The only thing it does is affect Tyler and Caroline, truly. It serves no other narrative purpose than to end their relationship for good. It is, it is the final nail 
Tyler is understandably furious and disgusted. And for very obvious and reasonable reasons. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just... He's so angry that when Caroline tries to explain, after he's told her to just get out, and she's still like, no, wait, we could talk about this. He pops his venomous werewolf fangs and threatens to bite her. And I'm like, whoa, Caroline, I, yeah. think, I think maybe you should just go... <laughs> Stefan has to come in and like calm him down. He punches Tyler in the face, I guess, for slut shaming Caroline. But I'm like, I don't, Stefan, it's but not it's the like, sex. Yeah, I don't think this is the crux. I don't know if this is the, the point to be like, Your Honor. It's like Caroline did sleep with this guy. I need to know who was in the writer's room who just hated Tyler and Caroline as a pairing so much. I need to know. I don't know. Because there was no coming back from this. Because this this was, like you say, the nail in the coffin. I think prior to this, there could have been a path back to them as like, you know that thing where two people who are meant to be together but run into a hardship that splits them up and then like six months down the line, they come back to each other. It could have very easily have been that. But like someone really wanted them dead in the water. I don't know. I guess it's because it's like, oh, we don't have anything else for Tyler to do. We need her with a more central love interest. But it's like, make him central then. I don't... You have a hybrid. The last living hybrid outside of Klaus. And you can't think of anything to do with him that's interesting? I don't know. Even if he's not like... It's not like his own like plot line, right? About him being a hybrid or whatever position he now holds in the supernatural world. All the other main characters who get to be in the main story don't have any particular plotline going on that's about themselves. They're involved in the main plot because of their attachments to the main characters. It's like, if you had him attached in this group, then it wouldn't be a question that he's like there in the mix of the story. You never question why Stefan's in the main plot or why Damon is or why Caroline is or why Bonnie is because they're a group. Yeah. That group is a group. And so it's like when Tyler has nothing to do, when Matt has nothing to do, Matt gets a better ride of it, right? Because of his tie to Elena and because he's the only human left. It's like, yeah, he's going to be involved. He's going to pull out his shotgun and get involved in the story. But for some reason, just like we can't figure out a way to work Tyler in. I don't know. Maybe he should have stayed in New Orleans. Could have been like an antagonist... Could have gotten involved in the politics there in town. I don't know how well it would have worked if if everyone would have bought the Tyler crossover. Not to take it back to Buffy, spoilers for Buffy and Angel, but when Wesley Wyndham Price goes from Buffy to Angel, I fully did not gel with it for like the first season of an and a half that he was there. Because I was oh. like, you don't work here. <laughs> You don't fit here. Really? I d- well, oh, wow. Primarily because I don't like the character. So I was just pissed to see him back again. And also because I liked the character he replaces. Uh. I was very shocked that Doyle dies. Because I like Doyle. And I, I understand it was so that his powers would transfer to Cordelia. And Cordelia could get the central role as the team psychic. Which I'm all about because I love Cordelia. But I really liked Doyle. And so I was like, one, I've ju- I'm coming fresh off of Doyle's death. Now Wesley's here. A character who was largely a pedo in the first show. And an antagonist to like the main group. Because he represented the old principles of the council. And that sort of version of oversight. He was a foil to Giles. So I was like... 
if you're gonna come here, you're gonna be that same old stuffy British shirt. Like, I, that's not something I'm interested in. And uh, like a season later, I've come around to him now. And it's like, okay, I guess he's here. And I worry that Tyler's vibe, being so entrenched to the Vampire Diaries, would they have bought a crossover of Tyler into the originals as someone who fits in that world and who works in that world? That's true. Yeah. The originals, the pre-existing characters as well as the they're old enough where they just fit the vibe yeah and the new orleans natives kind of all had like their place in the ecosystem you know mm -hmm. davina and the Devereux witches and marcel so yeah tyler probably wouldn't have been able to slot in very well yeah it's a pity because i found him an interesting character and even his vendetta against klaus i was like if you're gonna ruin his relationship with caroline and make this the only thing that he's about now follow through with it's it. a shame when as you say klaus isn't in the show anymore <laughs> It's like there's no way to follow through this thing you've now made his entire identity. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing then? And he pretty much spends the rest of season five in this sort of depressed funk. Like he he has a scene where he tells like he's drinking at his house or is it Matt's house still? I'm not sure. But he's with Matt and he tells Matt that he's lost everything and he has nothing now. He doesn't have Caroline. He doesn't have his parents. He has no future prospects. He hasn't gone to school. Later on, he and Matt and Nadia who has been rejected by Catherine repeatedly, her mother. They're all like commiserating over their shared mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Although thankfully, it's this proximity to Nadia that allows him to be the first to pick up on the fact that Nadia has been compelling Matt. Yeah, he saves his buddy from a crazy situation. <laughs> and they figure out that she's been pumping inf information because Catherine has been possessing Elena for weeks and no yeah. one noticed. And eventually, in, a, in an ensuing scuffle, he's the one that delivers the fatal bite to Nadia. It ends up killing her, but also ends up luring Catherine back to the Mystic Falls gang so that they can finish her off for good. Uh, well, seemingly for good, until, mm. until season eight. <laughs> <laughs> until Hell Queen Catherine comes back, her final form. Ooh. It's interesting you mentioned that Tyler's, like, I, I'm essentially inherited his mother's, I don't want to say alcoholism, but Carol was kind of, you know, yeah. she was always drinking. That is a thing that comes up often. He very much has inherited that pattern of just, like, you got to get through it somehow. And then he's just kind of there for the rest of season five, just there for a lot of important moments but the things that he does that are most important are being possessed by one of the travelers yep and he ends up because the possession is very it's like bad reception it comes and goes <laughs> you have <laughs> to keep right. like turning it off and turning it on again by saying the, the incantation the v, mm, v uh, <laughs> so he becomes inadvertently the inside man for the mystic force gang in the travelers group to his benefit he was recruited to fight that is something he has going on i guess he's not recruited necessarily jeremy's recruited by the twins the gemini twins live and luke and jeremy's like well i'll only do it if i've got my bros and then matt and tyler come out from the shadows and it's like okay <laughs> but even that oh, it's yeah. like we need to give them something to the do twins. <laughs> so he has his I mean, knowing where we end up, I'll call this their meet cute where he it like, is. attacks he attacks Liv and calls her a newbie witch and then she like flings him across the room she's with like, a not a newbie spell. Modus. And she's like, I'm not a newbie witch. <laughs> <laughs> 
iconic. She does, it is that in that like first moment, because she's talking to Jeremy and she's cast a spell that Bonnie was never able to figure out. She's cast like a silencing spell, like a privacy spell so they can speak without being listened in on. Oh yeah, the one that Esther was so good at. Yes, the sage. And she did it without sage. So it's like, hmm, interesting. Uh, she throws some salt and that's how she does it. And Tyler's at the bar with Matt like, oh, who's the new girl? And he, he comments on like her attractiveness but says she's crazy and it's like you <laughs> just saw her for the first time how have you gleaned that tyler where are we getting this from tyler no longer trusts blondes it's like i think you're working off a of fridge he's in his incel era <laughs> <laughs> he's like one woman hurt me and now they're all scum. <laughs> the especially since lady. my mom is already dead <laughs> To be fair, she does then turn around and blast him and several furniture pieces across the room. But like, who among us, you know? I mean, it was enough for Tyler. We He fell for Caroline when he was still a werewolf and she was a vampire, stronger and faster. So we know he likes a powerful woman. Mm -hmm. He courts that danger. Tyler's <laughs> like, dominate me, my queen. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like, I have to be dominant with the pack. But when I'm at home, I want you to step <laughs> on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> this is why he and vicky never worked vicky was too willing to please she was too submissive to his nonsense. vicky was too like she would let him get away with too much so yes he he's the inside man for the travelers you were saying yeah and the season ends with and it's it's wild because I think Tyler is still being possessed when this happens. I don't yeah. think his consciousness is on the surface, but it ends with the travelers doing their anti-spirit magic spell, which strips away his hybrid nature, both his vampire and werewolf sides, and then kills him. It leaves him in the state that he was before vampirism resurrected him, which uh, was death. But because he is still a werewolf of a werewolf bloodline, which is... Interesting, because the spell stripped away his werewolf side, which we later learn means it untriggered his triggered werewolf curse. Yeah. But his spirit still goes to the other side when he ends up dead. So I was like, do untriggered werewolves go to the other side? I don't... Uh. Yeah. I mean, you are still supernatural. It's like being a doppelganger where it's like you can't do anything, but like inherently in your body, you are still supernatural. So would there just be like generations of, of untriggered Lockwoods waking up on the other side and being like, where the hell yeah. am I? Is Richard Why Lockwood on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy thought. Because <laughs> if anyone has unfinished business, Richard Lockwood... Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Oh, this has opened up a can of worms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, actually, because the stripping of magic, if lycanthropy is, is a curse that goes back to Inadu, which will mean nothing to someone who doesn't know who Inadu is, but go with us for a second. <laughs> if the original lycanthropy is a curse, how deep would they have to, would the anti-magic spell strip away? Because he, he's untriggered. That's the last place that he's left. Is it that he died before he could strip away his lycanthropy entirely? Like, what's the deal there? I guess because at that point, they hadn't yet come up with where lycanthropy came from. 
That they couldn't target it? Yeah, they couldn't target, oh, can it be stripped away? Is it just, are you just a species? Yeah, they understand vampirism to be central to, like, this, quote, spirit magic, but really traditional magic that they were trying to get rid of. But lycanthropy is far older than either Esther's brand of magic or even the Traveler's brand of magic that precedes her by a thousand years. Werewolves are assumedly, well, no, wait, hold on. When does Leonardo stuff happen? I can't remember. How BC are we talking? I don't know. This is not super important. This is just a a lore curiosity now that I want to go chase down. We'll look into it before we do our werewolf episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so tune back in for that, guys, if you want that mystery <laughs> solved. Yeah. But suffice to say that when Tyler, along with everybody else, is pulled through the other side, I won't even get into it, Oof. but his spirit is pulled through the other side and turned back into a, a new flesh and blood body. Yeah. Who does he hug? Does he hug Caroline? When do they reconcile? Because they do at some point sort of go... They reconcile before the majority of the Traveler stuff happens, where they're like, he's like, you know what, I'm sorry for, for making you feel... Which is insane, but he apologizes for making her feel terrible about this mistake. But he does point out that, but you did sleep with the guy who murdered my mother, and that's never going to be something that I'm okay with. We can't just go back to being, like, good friends all of a sudden. Like, that's always going to be hanging there, but... I'm not going to antagonize you, you know? God, how far we fall. I, I think it's Caroline that he hugs, because I don't think it's Matt. Tyler's I can't like, imagine it's geez. anyone else. Matt isn't there, I don't think. Oh, okay. Matt's with so Jeremy at the outskirts doing something else, and then Jeremy has to run back to where they are. So it can't be Matt. It has to be Caroline. He, he hugs someone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to check? We can check. Okay, let me check real quick. It's Caroline. Okay, it is Caroline. Yeah. You know, we were so close. (laughs) He pauses for a second and then she's like, Tyler. And he's like, hi, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. And after, after the hug, he's like, that felt different. Yeah, because she hugged him really tightly out of instinct. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you nearly crushed me. <laughs> These guys love playing with knives. I think I think he cuts himself and then he realizes picks up a rock. he's not healing. Mm. Oh, he picks up a rock and cuts himself. And he's like, oh, I'm not healing. And realizes I'm not a hybrid or a, a werewolf anymore. I'm yeah. back to being untriggered. Which I was like, oh no, not stage one. This is like snakes and ladders. Yeah, we slid. <laughs> you went right all the back. way back down. We went down that main snake that dra- that goes across the diagonal of the yes. board, all the way back to the first row. I do like that lacking super strength and increased durability means that even something like a hug, you can be like, okay, no, that's not the way that it's felt. <laughs> For the past two years. Because Caroline and his relationship has largely been while he was either a triggered werewolf or a hybrid. So she has probably gotten used to being comfortable hugging him with a certain intensity because it wouldn't hurt him. So he was was probably like, "Uh uh-oh, that nearly crushed my bones. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, girl. But yeah, he starts off season six back at stage one his rage issues are back Mm. and now there's like a a stake to it a danger to it because who wants to go back to being a triggered werewolf not a hybrid anymore it's back to just like i have to turn every month nobody wants to go back to that it is interesting seeing him grapple with the rage issues knowing where they come from and knowing what's at stake now it's like oh i'm older and wiser now and i and i know that i can't just go around beating people up or will will go back to 
start of season two vibes. Matt insanely decides to sign them up for like this police academy thing. Oh, which is like, why do you want to put him anywhere near a gun, Matthew? Tyler what has to you... tell him, I can't be a cop because I can't <laughs> kill someone, Matthew. If I do, I trigger my werewolf curse again. <laughs> But other than struggling to not accidentally trigger his curse in a in a fit of rage, and I think there is that brief moment at the I think it's at the that whole cornfield party thing where yes. Elena and Liam and Dr. Joe are trying to save people. I think Tyler is driving a car and injures someone. Yeah. He's drunk behind the wheel and he rolls through the corn maze. <laughs> it's not great <laughs> <laughs> he's just like oh my gosh there's all these people around me dying there's no way that we can save all these people and stop my curse from being triggered thankfully most of them are saved thanks to uh joe's medical expertise and elena's uh vampire blood, vampire blood. and i guess liam was there too <laughs> but then <laughs> but then there is one there is one who is just done for uh and even even joe is like yeah this person can't be saved just make them comfortable they're going to die and tyler is like no 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 yeah no, no, tyler no. calls elena to be like i need some help this person's dying she hands the phone to joe and joe is like make her comfortable because she's on her way <laughs> to the suite hereafter and tyler is so terrified which again i'm like i thought that you said <laughs> you broke the sire bond by turning until it wasn't painful yeah. anymore. <laughs> this shouldn't be an I issue for to, you to go I, back i actually forgot to address that when we were talking about adrian the last of class's hybrids to be unsired because adrian when he does finally become unsired he's he's tired he's in pain and he's like oh please tell me it's over please tell me i've i've done what needs to be done and tyler's like yeah it's over you're unsired and i was like but surely if it's still so painful that he can't, he feels like he can't go on, <laughs> then he hasn't done what needs to be done. It's clearly not over. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just quickly double checking because I can't remember. Because I said that about Tyler, but I don't know if it was Tyler or if he just... He wasn't drunk. He wasn't drunk. Sazo he was did like... seem out of character for him to be drunk. What happened? Was it just was an like, accident? The moment I said it, I second-guessed myself. And I'm like, he, see, I think he was handling himself at the beginning of season six. He was texting. So that's bad. <laughs> and then he looked up and saw somebody waving with blood all over their shirt. I assume they were attacked by maybe Ivy? Stefan's temporary girlfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I always forget that Ivy exists. Ivy, listen, she doesn't exist for long. <laughs> but yeah, I think Ivy attacked somebody at the corn maze. He got away because she was trying to like rein herself in, bless her heart. And he runs into the road. Tyler looks up from his phone, which he definitely was texting on because him and Liv have started up a little thing at this point. Yeah. Um. Oh, we should go back and say that... Tyler and Luke had an altercation when he was drunk at a party. That's what I was thinking of. Tyler was drunk at a party, and I forget what sparks the confrontation, but he throttles Luke, like strangles him. And then Liv is pissed at him at this point, even though they've had like a little thing sort of going. She's like, she's like a cater waiter, and she's like, hey, if you want to, I don't know, make some extra money, because I guess Tyler doesn't have a trust fund or needs something to occupy himself. She's like, come cater waiter with me. So... She ends up pissed at him. The next day, Luke is like, eh, it's, it's all good. He, we've spoken. He apologized. And Tyler's like, I'm working on my anger issues. I've recognized it's a problem. Just know that I'm being conscious about it. And Liv's like, okay, fine. You can help me carry these kegs to this corn maze party or whatever. I guess you can come hang out. And 
Ty's like, okay, I'll be there. So he's texting Liv at this point and then looks up. Guy walks out into the road. He swerves out, loses control of the car, crashes through the corn maze. And then it happens as you described. In Tyler's defense, he did spend like two and a half years as an immortal. He probably forgot that, oh yeah, I can't just text and drive. Yeah, you need to worry about your safety now. (laughs) You will not just... But then again, it's also like you you share the road with other people who aren't immortal. So still... I guess he is still that blue blood. He's that guy in the BMW who thinks he owns the freeway. It's like, all right, buddy, you can drive however you want. You paid for the whole road. You own the N1. Like... In an interesting bit of foreshadowing, it is Liv who decides to mercy kill Tyler's dying victim so that... Tyler's werewolf curse is not triggered. The mercy being directed at Tyler in this. Yeah, not certainly not (laughs) this woman who is lying down. She very much strangles that woman to death or like suffocates her or something. (laughs) Yeah, I think she holds her mouth down to suffocate her, which she was dying anyway. Yes. So I can understand the utility of it. Probably did not feel good. Ooh. Nah, she, you can see she valued human life. If that had been Catherine, Catherine would have been like, oh. say less. <laughs> <laughs> it is a crazy big thing to do for someone who you've been vibing with for a couple of weeks. They're not even, yeah. I don't think they've even kissed yet. It's very big. I think that catapults their relationship. Yeah. It definitely, yeah. It kind of has to. They. <laughs> <laughs> They just accelerate, and Tyler's like, because you, because you know, Tyler's last relationship, it was this this girl who was willing to do so much for him and sacrifice and risk so much for him when he really needed it. So it it makes sense that he he falls for Liv, and he likes blondes. He loves blondes. He's got a type. I guess my thing is that like, is there an alternative? (laughs) Like at that point, are you allowed? To jetpack out of that sort of relationship after they've killed for you? <laughs> I don't I well <laughs> in a in a healthy relationship there yeah. could be nothing compelling you to stay there if you don't want to. <laughs> it's like what if she did that and then they go on one date and it's like mm, actually <laughs> I don't know if we vibe very well. <laughs> then they can just be friends. But it's like Sure, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, more friends should be willing to kill for each other in this show than than romantic partners, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) We here at It Was an Animal Attack do not condone violence in real life, except where absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary and for the preservation of self and life. But yeah, for the rest of the season, Tyler is tied to Liv. He, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a shame. But I it's say true. that I like Liv and Tyler. I was just doing a thought experiment. I do like them together. They have a very to borrow an expression from the Americans. She busts his balls, <laughs> and he likes it. He very much she is does. into that vibe. She gives him shit for nothing all the time, just to see how he'll react. And he's just like, Jesus, woman, will you give me a break? And she's like, hmm, Maybe. Flips hair, walks away. <laughs> I do like their dynamic. I love when a character gets a new love interest who is basically nothing like their old one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't write them as having one type because that's boring for the audience. And then it makes the audience feel like you're trying to replace someone and it, it rarely ends well. Caroline can be catty and very much was in the first season. But Caroline is very much <laughs> the sweet 
kind, wholesome girl of, like, the cast. So to throw Liv in the mix and be, like, this bitchy girl who was mostly an antagonist in the prior season. And she's very also, like, she's not very. She's a little bit emo vibes, you know? Even yeah, though she's yeah. Like, she very much seems like she listens to punk rock music and she's got, like, she should have more piercings than she does. I like her vibe. Season one, Jeremy would have loved her. Oh, yeah, they would have gotten along. It's why they, they click in season five. <laughs> <laughs> also, may I propose a couple name? Mm-hmm. Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> My whisper queen. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Your legacy is unparalleled. <laughs> Immortalized in our show. <laughs> I do like Liv Tyler. I am very... Listen, ship names, people are under the impression that it has to be a portmanteau, but I'm very big on ship names where when you just put their names side by side, it sounds good. It feels good to say. Or it's like a pun. And I also like when you make abstract ship names. Yeah. But uh, Tyler's love for Liv, and I think they do eventually trade I love yous pretty early. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Caroline got one this quickly. Shady. But whatever, you're an, you're an adult. <laughs> now you know that and, and you're not immortal anymore you know time is precious you know um it positions him as the person in Liv's corner this season when the whole twin merge thing yeah. is up in the air and it's like oh if she merges with luke she'll probably lose because luke is stronger and tyler's the one who's doing everything in his power to try and keep her alive along with luke who doesn't want her to die but is also kind of in denial about the, the probability of her surviving yeah, yeah. So that was, I, I, I liked that, as annoying as it was, I liked that it put someone on that side and that it was someone we already knew, like Tyler had something to do. And he even gets to meet her dad, which... Which, <laughs> strange circumstances, and finds out her dad is kind of a dick and calls that out. I think, he, I think at some point when their dad is trying to force them to merge Liv and Luke, Tyler tackles him from off screen. It's a really cool moment. It truly is just like, and then Tyler came in flying from our screen and tackled Joshua Parker to the ground. Listen, he was he was an athlete before he was mm-hmm. a supernatural being. So it makes it he's probably still gymming and running and you know, whatever. I mean, once you once you've lost super strength. I feel as though you'd be like him and Matt constantly <laughs> like making sure they're keeping up their routines. I like it. <laughs> but I don't think he does anything else significant until the finale. Right. Really not, yeah. As we've mentioned in the Kai episode, Kai kills off the Gemini coven and injures everybody else who happens to be at the wedding. As Tyler and Liv lie dying side by side, Liv is like, hey, Tyler, it's a full moon. If you were to trigger your werewolf curse, you would turn and heal immediately. Ugh. Also, I'm already done for. So in the same way that I killed that person who was already done for to save you from triggering your curse, now I give you permission to kill me right now and trigger your curse to save yourself. We love a bookend. It's so sad. I wasn't even a big Tyler and Liv fan, but I was like, this is a tragic ending to your story. I was a medium Tyler and Liv fan, and I was very sad about (laughs) this. (laughs) <laughs> and also for all Tyler's care and worry this season, he ultimately ends up triggering his werewolf curse again. And now I'm like, oh shame. Now we're now we're back to post Uncle Mason <laughs> Tyler. And with all the worry and care we're trying to keep Liv alive, he's the one to take her life. I mean, she was already yeah. dying, of course, but Yeah, she yeah. was already dying, but it's it's still sad that he had to do it. He puts his hand over her her mouth and nose and suffocates her. 
and then he starts to turn once his curse is triggered. I don't know if, because we, we do know that he would have healed even if it hadn't been a full moon, but maybe not from injuries that were that bad. Yeah, he was two, pretty... he does In season two, he heals from the letter opener that Sarah stabs him with. When she stabs him in the thing, yeah. But he had like a proper pane of glass through his chest. He could have died yeah. from his injuries, I think. One last good thing he does is he <laughs> he bites Kai on his way out. Yeah. <laughs> when he's already starting to slip into his feral wolf form. Unfortunately, Kai survives by doing Yeah, it doesn't do much, but I, I appreciated it for that five minutes. I was like, damn, you get I to take it. one out. <laughs> yeah. And then I think when Elena gets put in that Sleeping Beauty curse... He comes in to come say goodbye with all the characters who are giving goodbye to Elena. Yeah, is... they speak for what feels like the first time since he told her the Cyberbond doesn't affect how you feel, just how you act. <laughs> she does say something. I think she tells him to embrace being a werewolf this time around, which we've seen from the spin-off show and from Haley. It is possible to do. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, can like didn't fully just like dive into it. You, it doesn't have to be this huge weight. I do love that, like his abstract thought self when Damon is putting them all through the mental dream to, to say their goodbyes. His abstract thought form is playing around with like the shackles that he uses at the full moon. Oh, yes! He's uh, in the slave cellar! He's in the slave cellar with his shackles <laughs> and Elena's coming in to be like it's okay to be a doggy boy, don't worry. And I'm like, alright. Interesting. But go off. And Tyler isn't, he's not a main character in season 7 and 8. So that is Michael Trevino's final scene as a main character on this show. Shackled in the slave cellar will be his legacy. I guess, what does he do in season 7 that's important? He's charged with holding Elena's coffin. Yes. So that's nice. And then something about the armory, which... uh, Who can say and who cares? You know, I don't. Who can say and who cares? We'll deal with it in an Enzo episode. Sure, sure. <laughs> Tyler and Enzo besties with the armory. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his ass beat by Damon after Damon comes out of the Phoenix Stone and burns Elena's coffin. So he thinks. And that's about it in season seven. <laughs> that's about it. He's not a main character. It makes sense. Although, frankly, his presence in season seven is probably about the same as it was in some yeah. of the earlier seasons. You don't feel a marked change. And then in and season finally, eight. season eight, where he is brought back for the sole purpose of being murdered by Damon to prove that, oh, Damon has really gone too far this time, <laughs> which... I've made my feelings about that known in the Damon episode. You can go see that. It's sad that at the funeral they have for him, Caroline is obviously among the most distraught. She does say, I loved him, but she quickly follows it up with, we all did. And I was like, hmm. Mm. (laughs) I feel like you should be a bit more upset, Caroline. I'm joking. I'm joking. You've got so much going on. She's got a a boyfriend, an ex-fiance, and two children at that point. She's so (laughs) far removed. This is five years after they dated. It was was her high school epic love. (laughs) I was like, Caroline, it's okay to say you loved him. Like, you know. You know. Also, in the Vampire Diaries universe, nobody really ever gets over their exes. They just move on because of circumstance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Like I said, they truly get so torpedoed out of the water for a reason that is no longer in the story. It's... It's such a raw deal. This I say this as someone who loves Stefan and Caroline together. It's like 
I know that that only happened because Tyler and Caroline were blown out of the water and Stefan and Elena were blown out of the water in two concurrent seasons. Two pairings that I actually liked. I will say season seven, season eight, he comes back with a nice beard. I think it looks very good on him. He seems a lot more... I know, self-assured. There's a different energy about him in the moments that he comes back. He's very much like large and in charge. But still very much Tyler. He tells Damon that he's he's ruining all his relationships to be a siren's little bitch. And I was like, <laughs> that's so Tyler. We later on see him in the the afterlife, I guess, with Vicky. And it's like, with oh. With Vicky! <laughs> okay, are you guys going to be friends? Are you going to date? Is there polyamory in heaven? How is this going to work? I mean, listen, once you're in the afterlife, who's who's trapped by these mortal ideals of monogamous relationships? It's like, we're all in heaven. Let's all hang out. Let's all party. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Vicky and Liv would have gotten along, you know? Yeah. They would have been, for the first, like, couple of weeks, they would have been a little, "Mm, okay, what's this bitch's vibe? But once they had, like, one good night together partying, they would have immediately clicked. (laughs) Be like, that's my girl for life now. Nobody's stepping to my girl. Yeah, it is interesting that they put him with Vicky at the end, considering, like you said, in the ghost era in season three, they don't interact at all when she comes back as a ghost. Yeah. I guess they worked some things out. Once he died, he came back. He came straight to her and was like, now that I've found peace, there's someone who I owe so many apologies. Yeah. Of the, like, (laughs) apology tour I need to do, she is number one on the list. And there is a big gap before anyone else comes on it. I guess that's it for Tyler Lockwood. Uh, That was was his trajectory. From jerk jock to reluctant werewolf to the first successful hybrid to the alpha of the pack, and then just spiraling downward spiral, washed up werewolf, really washed up werewolf, washed up untriggered werewolf, then re-triggered werewolf. I do think that who he was when he left the show, it made sense. Like it it was good for him. I was like, I was like, you being here as a re-triggered werewolf, no, just we don't need to go through that. There's nothing for you to do here move on find something else to do man go to your own story we'll we'll write fanfics about you listen yeah we're speaking about it we're bringing back the spin-off the jeremy matt tyler spin-off because (laughs) god it would have given him something to do (laughs) because jeremy also leaves town around the same around the same time he he also goes off to be eliza is going to art school but he's secretly going to go be a vampire hunter and i'm like vampire hunter with his werewolf bestie like, you know, Matt shows up, he's got the Gilbert Resurrection ring. It's the perfect combination. All we need is one new character to kind of give an ingenue vibe. Like, I'm new to the supernatural, but I've got these three boys to show me. Bring back April Young! Bring back April Young! <laughs> Let her be the Jessica Day of the new girl dynamic. <laughs> supernatural <laughs> new girl. She was a pastor's daughter. She shows up with some angelic weapons. I don't know. We could have made it work. Listen, we could take some roads. Now that you, if it coincided with the legacy spinoff where they were just kicking the door wide open, <laughs> go, the, go the demigod route. She's got like deific lineage, angelic lineage, something like overpowered, but it's like she just has an ounce of it because she's 2,000 years after the fact, but it gives her something. Yeah. Cammy's got her dark objects. Give her some light objects. Give her some, <laughs> some objects that do crazy shit, but for the side of good. <laughs> Michael Trevino, what has he been doing these days? I think he was in... 
is it Roswell, New Mexico? Yes. It's that series that's like a spiritual successor to the original Roswell show from the early 2000s. He's like either a main role or like a supporting role in that show. So he's been doing that. Everything I'd seen him in was stuff from before. Like he was in 90210, I remember in like season one. Oh. In like a... A, a brief recurring role. He was in Charmed for an episode. He was in Charmed, which is which is so cool. I love I love when these people are in different supernatural shows or like in different superhero movies. I'm like, yes, look at you yeah. being in the genre. Stay in your roots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess that's the end of the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. If you'd like to send in any questions or thoughts or just say hi, you can mail us at animalattackpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at animattackpod. That's at A-N-I-M attack pod. You'll find our link tree in the bio that has all our online stuff on there. Just as a matter of housekeeping, there might be a link I put in there. Podcast descriptions when you open a podcast episode and you read what's the episode about you'll see that we do put in like you know audio notes if something about the audio just wasn't perfect and we couldn't get it right or content warnings if anything that would be upsetting that happens in our discussion you can just check those before you jump into the episode um but yeah thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next one cheers cheers cheers